Greetings, friends, and welcome to another episode of How to Wrestling, the world's first wrestling podcast detailing how to wrestling, how to get into wrestling, how to understand wrestling, how goodness know how to enjoy wrestling. You know, Joe, everybody knows, wants to know where we've been. Big Papa Pumps, Jakob, it's How to Steiner. This is an episode which has been requested via Patreon, and it's one which we've been We've been very, very excited about recording this one. This was, of course, requested by Mr. Neil Bainbridge on Patreon. Uh, thank you very much, sir, for your impeccable taste in wrestler for us to uh, to to delve into and to teach Joe about. I like the idea that there's these people that are just so keen to hear how I react to people like Scott Steiner. I don't think it's necessarily just a case of people wanting to see how you react. I oh, think come there's on. a genuine need for you to learn about the world of wrestling. And I mean, they say all men are created equal. And you look at other wrestlers, you look at Scott Steiner, you see those numbers just simply don't add up, Joe. Right. I mean, he's a genetic freak. So it, <laughs> all I'm going to say is I'm going to say right now, one, thank you, Neil, for, for obviously requesting this episode. Two, I'm sorry that I didn't start How To Wrestling with this episode. Before you even got any sort of background in wrestling, you probably should have learned about Scott Steiner. I mean, he <laughs> that is wrestling. So confusing. <laughs> it's been such. I, I kind of feel like Scott Steiner is to blame for how long this episode has taken, anyway, just to fully comprehend the depth of him as yeah. a person. It's Scott Steiner is not just kind of. He's not a couple of matches and a bit of a chat, folks. He's a concept. He's a yeah. meme. He's like state a state of mind. He's a whole fucking thing which we have to try and wrap our heads around. So we've got some matches coming up but um something which we were doing at the start we stopped doing we're definitely going to start doing again which is joe learning out uh, new things happening in the world of wrestling every week uh, each week joe goes possibly blindfolded out groping into the big dark scary world of the world of wrestling and tries and comes back and finds something new now this usually has in- involved then her finding something weird from another country but uh this time i think it's slightly different yeah we're a bit closer to home this time so way too close to home. <laughs> too close to home. WWE recently have had this trend of starting kind of internet things. Well, it's not they themselves, more as the wrestlers the themselves. The wrestlers, I guess. Yeah. Up, up, down, down, which is obviously awesome. If you are a fan of like getting interesting and you ha- like the look of those New Day fellows and you like video games, Up, Up, Down, Down is a great idea to watch that. Up, Up, Down, Down aside, which is obviously a great, great show. And I'm very glad we found that. Yeah. Really glad. Yeah. It's fantastic. We've also come across another of these kind of threads from WWE. This yeah. one's called A Taste of Tennille. A Taste of Tennille. Now, I don't use the phrase people getting ideas above their station, but that would oh. very much apply for Taste of Tennille. We had our hopes up so much because Kevin loves cooking. I do. I love cooking a lot. We love cooking videos. Like... And, and I mean, the idea of like Emma as well, who, is, uh, yeah. who does Taste of Tennille, one of my favourite evil lady wrestlers on NXT, who I'm a big fan of. We both love her. This is literally like, if the other way around, this only could have gotten the same kind of level of hype as if Nigel Slater signed an NXT developmental deal. <laughs> you know? Yeah. They call him Slate Nigelson or something like Similar that. You know, really crossover kind of... of interest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, very excited. Because, I mean, a lot of the cooking that, that we enjoy comes from generally low rent, low budget, but thoughtful and considerate people on YouTube doing shitty YouTube channels. There's a million which we watch. Yeah, we're kind of hooked on them, yeah. I think. Especially, well, I think it's something you've gotten into since living with Adam. You used to watch them a lot, didn't you? With yes. Gordon Ramsay and everything. And if you are an eagle-eared listener of the Ashley Dara podcast, see if you can find the One Pot Chef reference <laughs> that me and Adam did in a random it's episode. Niche. It's niche, baby. It's a tone of voice. Small audience you're catering for <laughs> 
So we've been watching A Taste of Tennille. And yeah, because it was, you know, wrestlers plus cooking, we thought, yeah, we're going to love this. It's going to be awesome. And Emma, go wrong. we were a big fans of Emma, both of us, Oh, I yeah. Think. So know. we put it on. I think we were both quite hungry at the time. Yeah. Or we were eating dinner. I can't quite remember. Appetites went afterwards. Though. And uh, yeah, we had a look through. I was responsible for bringing up what video we were going to watch. Kim was like, oh, I'm sure they're all good. I'll pop anyone on. Yeah. And I'm just going to just nip through just a couple of the things that that are on the YouTube playlist. So mm-hmm. first of all, we have um, egg muffins. Sounds they nice. They looked quite good. Now, they did. They're bacon baskets with egg in the middle. Sounds good. And they looked all right. And then we thought the one we'd actually watch was flatbread pizzas. Yay! Which, again, you can't go wrong, flatbread pizzas. Now, Joe, you know me. I, I'm a pizza head, <laughs> you know? I'm a, I'm a pizza nut. Flatbread head. <laughs> no, I don't put nuts on my pizza, you silly goose. I like pepperoni because it's the best topping. <laughs> Um, so we thought, you know, can't go wrong, really. You, you can, you can though. You, you can though. But you can apparently. But that's like saying you can. You've never. Had, of course, it can go wrong, and it went terribly, I really terribly didn't wrong. Think it could go wrong. She got a, f- a fucking a flat a flat piece of of mm, a flour really tortilla, sad. burnt it, and then smeared ketchup and something she called cheese on it. It's really weird because. Right, I think it could work as a concept if it was designed as like a this is a wrestler's diet, but it isn't. Instead, it's kind of she keeps talking about the calories all the time. She, she starts off as kind of like, hey, you know, just for in the house because it's easy. Oh, you know what it's like, guys. But yeah, she's pitched it as this kind of like every every person cooking channel and like the, the, the cooking show for everyone. And then she's like, if you're like me, you'll make sure you get the cheese that has all the fat removed and fiber put in. Yeah. No, no, every no. Single thing, every ingredient she has is like. Protein added, fat removed, lower carbohydrate. Have you ever heard of a concept or a three-letter phrase as demoralizing as sugar-free jam? It's so sad. <laughs> no, what's sad is the food she makes. That's the thing. Because you think, okay, it doesn't matter that she's got these substitutes because it's going to be fine. It wasn't. They looked really crap. Yeah. And-, and she encourages people to like tweet in with what they've made. Mm. And I was like, God, Kevin... No we should, we should look. We should look and see what they've done. Kevin was like, no, no, we shouldn't do this. <laughs> we had a look and it was really sad. It was. People, though, are still into it. They are. The one thing I will say, though, as, as a bit of a... I have a bit of a couple of bugbears when it comes to... Um, the presentation of YouTube cooking channels. If you're someone who cooks it and then doesn't eat it on camera, then you're a bad person, okay? But one thing Emma did, which was very bad, is she made a very unappetizing looking (laughs) dish. It was meant to be French toast. And then she's like, it's so simple, anyone can make it. And then the picture comes up and it's a different dish entirely. Completely different. (laughs) Trying to pull the wool over her eyes here. It's really sad as well because she uses all these like other ingredients that we've never heard of. I don't know if it's an American thing, but they're like substitutes or anything. And at one point she's making some kind of muffin or something and she uses something called muscle egg. Muscle egg, oh God, yeah. And it's just like this slime. It's just like grey slime <laughs> she puts in. like something out of some kind of spoof cooking show made muscle by Tim egg. and Eric. Yeah. It is, it's very, oh, it's basically like Christmas. Tim's Kitchen if you've ever watched that. Um, and what really bugs me, I mean, yeah, okay, you've, you've watched a crappy cooking channel Kevin and Joe that's not the end of the world well it's bad because I'm trying to make Joe see like hey you know I'm always kind of like hey do you know Bad News Barrett's actually used to be a marine biologist I'm trying to make make her know that other wrestlers can be interesting and have outside interests and anytime we see Emma on our screen she's going to go muscle egg muscle (laughs) egg muscle egg limp toast muscle egg we like 
got into this thing where we just watched every single one of her videos on her channel and by the end we were both depressed. Well, in fairness, we didn't actually make any of the food, so maybe we're missing it's out. It's ruined her for us, though. <laughs> I feel sad now when I see her wrestle because it's kind of half-hearted and a confused message. It's not sure if it's for people who are wrestling and they need, like, low-carb diets and stuff or what. What it might, I think it's for is for people cooking alone because Emma doesn't have someone to hold the camera for her. It's she falls out of shot a lot of the time. Then she makes all this food and most of it probably goes in the bin. That's really sad. I want someone to help her with her cooking channel. Oh, I want Dana Brooke to come in and yeah. like, you know, help her out with that a little bit. Yeah. Well, as demoralising as that may have been, I think nothing is going to add a shot of adrenaline to your wrestling diet this week, Joe. The delving into the scary, frightening and often hilarious world of Mr. Scott Steiner. We started things off with our odyssey through Steiner in the world of wrestling. Um, Scott used to... Scott is mainly known for his time in WCW, which is uh, the other company that was on during the the Attitude Era or the yeah. peak era of wrestling. And he was quite a big star there, but he has been in all the kind of the major companies of one form or another, and still has kind of a he's got cult status. He's very much the Big Lebowski on DVD uh, of of wrestlers, I would say, in that everyone has got a little soft spot for for old Scott Steiner, yeah. even if they don't want to watch it for the hundredth time. He started out with his brother, Rick Steiner, the Steiner Brothers. So Rick Steiner, of course, Scott's brother, who wisely invested his money in real estate. And they were all American collegiate athletes, kind of like you know, Brock Lesnar would be and all that. That makes so sense, yeah. They kind of have a background of legitimate amateur wrestling and okay. football and being an All-American and being very good at sports. Because I was really surprised when we watched the first match with um, Scott and Rick Steiner. I didn't think... Scott Steiner was a good wrestler. I mean, that was complete prejudice. I had just made assumptions. Because we watched, like, some goofy Steiner stuff, then we yeah. watched all the matches in one sitting, and then we watched some more goofy Steiner stuff. So I think kind of, I maybe... I I have a very balanced view on him now. <laughs> yeah, because most people see Steiner and they go, he's fucking ridiculous. And then they watch he, some Steiner yeah. stuff, and then they come back and go, oh no, he is actually ridiculous. He is ridiculous, <laughs> but also he's a... He is or maybe was a very good wrestler. If you could describe like Scott Steiner, just the the generic image of Steiner that comes to your head when you when you say the word Scott Steiner, how would you describe the man? I don't know. It's what you mean as a whole. Yeah, I mean, if someone if someone who like you know had never seen Scott Steiner says, "Hey, can you describe what he what he's like, what he looks like, what he is?" I think his his whole nickname is maybe a good a good phrase for him. Big buds. <laughs> well, there's a few, honey. There's Big Papa Pump. Big Papa Pump. The genetic freak. Bootyzilla. Bootyzilla. The big bad booty daddy. Okay. Freakzilla. Oh, right. So a lot of those are kind I think of. Freakzilla was the name of a torrenting site. <laughs> they only don't come here and they call me Limewire. Pirate Bay. Pirate proxy, huh? Um, so we saw Scott originally, and he, he looked somewhat less of a genetic freak when he was here with his brother. We watched this, it was uh, WCW versus New Japan Pro Wrestling's uh, crossover event from 1991, and it was Scott and Rick the Steiner Brothers taking on Kenzuki Sensaki and Hiroshi Hase. Um, Scott here looked completely different. I like to refer to this as stage one Scott. Very much the Pokemon evolutionary scale. Absolutely, like Digimon, Pokemon, any kind of, like this is his big baby form gave him the roid stone He's and he became bigger the egg, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's before he grew into his like chainmail helmet exactly when it's before his size went up bigger and yeah. he lost the ability to do anything coordinated mm. you know um so for me watching this match it was very very um 
jarring, seeing as I'm kind of my standard Scott Steiner, you know, image is Steiner stumbling over his words on many YouTube videos, and then seeing him here being very, very nimble, very, very hard-hitting. Now, bear in mind, this was 1991, and this match was... uh, it was very hard hitting. Obviously, the Japanese style. This was in the Tokyo Dome, fast paced. Yeah. You turned to me at one point and you said, "It's hard to believe that this was 15 years ago." And I'm like, "No, honey, this is 25 yeah. years Absolutely ago." Absolutely amazing. This is. I honestly didn't think wrestling like this existed back then. I thought all wrestling at that time was like Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant, kind of slow lumbering matches. Well, that's what the American audience accepted at the time, but I had Japanese no audience, idea yeah, that there was this incredible flippy do. Hard impressive. Yeah, yeah. Like the, I know he's supposed to be quite stiff. You said, yeah, he's bad reputation. Rick and Scott, even back when they were younglings here, yeah. for hitting guys hard but and being the, rough. The pacing is so quick; it's really entertaining. I honestly, the first two matches we watched for Scott Steiner were incredible, and I yeah. did not think that I would have any kind of positive outlook on these on any of the matches for Steiner that we'd cover. Completely rude assumption I made. Well, but it's true, but I mean, when you look at Steiner originally, you, you kind of... Uh, one thing which I remember you saying when we first started watching Steiner was that he seemed like kind of very much like the default... If someone who had never watched wrestling was to come up with a concept yeah. of a wrestler, they would be Scott Steiner. He basically is like alternate universe Hulk Hogan in my yeah. mind, which is funny considering Royalty they free hate Hulk each other. Hogan. Yeah, <laughs> knockoff Poundland. Yeah, bootleg Hulk Hogan. Like. And yet he's awesome. Like he reminds me a lot of Rob Van Dam in this early stage of his like hard hit shots kicks. Well, the same and... kind of um, outfit as well. Yeah, the singlet. Kind of, the singlet. That's what it's called. Yeah. And the flip de doo style and the hard-hitting stuff. It was yeah. awesome. Save by the Bell logo kind of <laughs> on his uh, singlet there as well. Steiner as well at this point uh, rocking the long, luscious black mullet and Ew. clean-shaven look as well. Um, very hard-hitting, very hard, high-flying as well considering the size of the men involved. Yeah. And I was like seeing this kind of... So it's a little bit eye-opening for you that this kind of maybe this fast pace that you're a fan of is not necessarily... A new, new thing, yeah. It's kind of, in many ways, what the stuff that we always kind of go, oh, awesome about in Japan, you know, we're 15, 20 year playing catch up. I you feel know? really bad about it, actually, because all this time I've been going, oh, Sami Zayn, you know, Adrian Neville, Seth Rollins, all their, they're the people where the talent lies and stuff, thinking that they were the new era of wrestling. When actually he's been doing this for 25 years. Yeah, it's, it's That's very awesome. interesting, yeah. It's, it's really, really cool, definitely. And I had you- no idea. When you look at kind of the heritage of Japanese wrestling mm. and the style of wrestlers there that became huge stars and the style of wrestling that's popular now. I mean, nearly every main guy, kind of like your punks, Daniel Bryan, Seth Rollins, all those are kind of, you could all say that they're basically a different version of um, Jushin Thunder Liger. Yes. Um, he's kind of adopted that kind of high-flying but also submission and hitting style. But yeah, um, I like seeing Scott here with his brother Rick as well. These guys had so many amazing matches, usually involving people getting... Very, very badly hurt. Mick Foley wrote in his book about like seeing his first match in WCW and seeing he was against the Steiners. Oh. And his stomach like just dropping because he knew that he was in for a I remember a long reading night. about that, but it was way before I'd even heard who Scott Steiner was. Yeah, that was the Steiner Brothers in his oh, first night in WCW. Yeah, I remember he was properly scared. And he was scared as well because he had to do a like an angle, like a big storyline kind of thing at the end with his tag team partner, but he was worried that he was going to be so badly beaten off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he had to win, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. And he knew that they were stiff. Yeah. So there was a chance that he actually wouldn't be able to wouldn't win. Wouldn't be able to but do it, but he had to, yeah. Fucking hell. Um, Rick Steiner, you saw a little bit of 
here. You also see saw Rick, the uh, real estate mogul, uh, destroy a restaurant with Scott. Uh, <laughs> more on that later. But Scott's uh, Scott's brother Rick has got a bit of a weird nickname, and I wonder if you were able to guess you, from it. Yeah, you tried to make me guess the nickname. So what I've written down is um, maybe a bit unimaginative. No, it's okay. But it's a classic, I think. I've gone for porn stash. Porn stash. Well, he has a proper porno stash. You know how much he smiled in this. Mm. He, he seemed genuinely jolly at times to be beating up these men. I kind of thought that was maybe his thing. <laughs> He's just happy. Like. Just a happy, jolly man who likes wrestling. Loving life, sticking pencils up people's arses, you know. Having now, a what go- is with Yeah, that. we'll get into that in the tweets. I think there was some alleged misconduct with the, the signers, which I would probably be inclined to agree with. Now, his um, actual uh, nom de plume is the dog-faced gremlin. Dog-faced gremlin? Dog-faced gremlin. Why? Because he's got a face like a dog. Does he? Yeah, he's dog face. I mean, I mean, he's basically saying he's ugly as fuck, basically. I, think well, I don't he's think he's going. that ugly. I th- Rick, you're selling yourself short. You're a handsome man. Any woman would be glad to have you. Glad I don't to think have you. he's that bad. Hang on, hang on. I'm looking for pictures. Of course. No, he's not that bad. He's not. You're not a dog face gremlin. He looks a bit like um, a leather daddy. <laughs> leather daddy. He does. He's got this collar. That's true, yeah. A leather daddy, or I was going to say, the nice, handsome man. How about that? Who <laughs> smiles because he's happy and he wants the world to know it. I How like about his... that? For Now the wrestlers would be impressed with that as a nickname. I like his smile. It he's reminds nice me of, like, I don't know, Luke Harper's smile, Bray Wyatt. That what, kind creepy? of creepy smile. Penetrating smile. A little bit. Soul, soul-crushing smile. <laughs> the shots in this one, big kicks, big clotheslines. Everyone's getting thudded and clobbered, and the crowd are going absolutely apeshit. Um, Scott, Scott Steiner at one point did a top rope Samoan drop to Suzaki, which was very, very, yeah. very scary. And uh, many, many suplexes as well. Um, you probably know the name of the move that Scott Steiner does more than any move now, which is the belly-to-belly suplex. That's when yeah. his belly... You remember this one now? Yeah. His belly is facing your belly, belly-to-belly. Bellies are touching. Yeah, so belly-to-belly, the yeah. belly and the belly. Like spooning, but reverse. Yeah, exactly. So belly-to-belly suplex yeah. is a suplex where your two bellies are touching. Yeah. Not even on, it's not even a wrestling move Monday, and you learned yeah, a new yeah, move. Yeah, you're learning something. But he did one of those off the top rope. Uh, so did, sorry, Rick Steiner did one of those off the top rope. Yeah. This was ahead of its time, seemingly, but I suppose if you're someone who's invested in Japanese wrestling, this is par for the course in many ways. Yeah, I actually am really interested by it, and I hope we do an episode on Japanese wrestling at some point, because it really seems like they innovated the style I really like. I kind of like, Japanese wrestling is kind of like, it's that video game that I've bought, that I've never played, that I know is awesome, and I will get around to it someday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. to get someone on to teach us all about it. It's my Elder Scrolls 3 all over again. <laughs> I'll get around to it when I'm good and ready. I will say... I thought, maybe controversial opinion here, mm-hmm. don't judge me too harshly no. for this, folks, but I think Scott Steiner's actually quite handsome if you ignore the terrible mullet. Well, you know, the, young Scott, Scott Steiner. Young Scott Stage Steiner. one. Stage one, so before that that vein became bigger than... Yeah, in this, in this match, I thought he was quite handsome. He was kind of like a bulky, friendly-looking jock. I, I, and he yeah. got a college degree as well. He's a nice lad. He does look a little bit, even at this point, though, like he's clearly very strong. But he looks almost like he has like many small cannonballs in his body. Oh, absolutely. Under his skin. Yeah, um, Adam and Billy, I think it was Billy from the ITR podcast, once described him as being uh, a series of cannonballs <laughs> with their uh, skin stretched over it. <laughs> That's amazing. I love that we both yeah. described him the same he way. Is, he is quite a bulbous individual. Fast and bulbous, bulbous. is. Uh, <laughs> That's right, bulbous. the mascara snake. <laughs> um, but Rick, at one point, he gets the giant swing. 
But Rick is so muscular and dense and compact, like wadded beef. He just swings around with all the momentum of a pl- of a moon orbiting a planet. Aww. His um, Scott Steiner's finisher oh. really shocked me. The Hurricane Runner, or the Ste- Frankensteiner, as it was known. Wow. Steiner whips Sasaki against the ropes and does a standing, leaping Hurricane Runner. Now, Hurricane Runner is quite a... a, a it's quite an athletic move. It's kind of something that usually like a luchador would do. It's yeah, very it looks much kind properly of properly fancy. And usually they kind of there's a jump up there, or they jump off the rope, or you're picked up there. But Steiner standing jump, like literally jumped it's five feet like, in the air. It looked because we could see him from behind yeah, the was, opponent. It looked like he just walked up him. <laughs> yeah, he just like he literally glitched up like yeah. it was amazing. Steiner like jumps up like you know five six feet. Locks his legs around him, yeah. right, and in one fell motion neck. around his neck, and in one fell motion manages to flip himself and the other guy around. Yeah. Now I'm still. I want to watch it in slow motion. I think. Well, I'm still struggling to see how you do the jump, yet alone the two other bits, which seem even harder. He must have like bent backwards and used his arms to like. I don't know. But it's like. You know, the idea of doing like a backflip is like really scary for most yeah. people. Now imagine a backflip and then you've With got another person. You could break their neck, you have to jump standing still, no moment. That's absolutely incredible. So he's clearly very talented. Oh yeah, and if you saw the tag finisher they did where they put the guy up on their shoulders and the other guy did the, the diving kind of headlock off the top rope. Um for nineteen ninety one, the Steiners Amazing. You know, this is back, you know, even the tag team stuff in America. You know, they were it was kind of slow plodding stuff, or so kind of. Did they not make people like Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant? They're the only two wrestlers I can think of at the top of my head that were around in 1991. Did yeah. they not make them look like shit? Well, again, I think that's because like tag wrestling was always viewed as being this completely separate thing. You know, kind of they're doing their thing because it would have been guys in the intercontinental title scene at the time, like a Bret Hart or a Mr. Perfect, who would have been outshining Hogan and those guys. So, even, but even still, though, that was viewed as being yeah, that's lower card stuff. The main event, people still want to see Hogan hot dogging and posing and. Because I thought it was kind of the equivalent almost of the Young Bucks coming into WWE. Yeah. That it's just a completely different style of wrestling that makes kind of the rest of it look a bit... Well, I mean, what I think, because people are always going to make the argument of who's like the greatest tag team of all time. And I mean, we obviously talked a lot about the Dudley boys, Mm. and and I always argue them as one of the all-time greats. And I mean, the other ones that people would mention, maybe like the Legion of Doom, would still fit that kind of old-timey, kind of slow-plotting style. Whereas the Steiner brothers here came around in the late 80s, early 90s, and they picked up the win here after Scott hit that crazy Hurricane Rada, by the way, folks. Yeah. But they came around this time, and they really did up the ante. And I think they are often overlooked and should definitely be considered as one of the greatest of all time, mainly because they didn't just do it here in Japan, in WCW, in WWF when they were there. They were still doing this high pace. Tag team wrestling doesn't just have to be two kind of grinning guys or slow kind of stuff. Were they kind of the first people to do that within American wrestling? Within American tag wrestling, definitely. I would say the the Steiners really led the charge. And the fact that not only were they really gifted, they were athletic, uh, they were legitimate as well because they had their their proper sports background, which obviously gave them big bonus points for for everyone. And also as well that they were characters. I mean, you look at uh, Rick and Scott, like, even in this point. They're like the Mario Brothers. Seriously. like (laughs) Alternate universe. Because you had Scott was like kind of like the, the clean cut guy and then Rick was like as I said the dog faced gremlin 
Um, and they really worked well together. And, you know, they had success in Japan, success in all these different companies that we mentioned. They really did kind of come into their own then in, in WCW and starting to get quite pushed quite seriously. Their music is like something out of a 90s corporate training video. <laughs> yeah. It's so shit and I love it. I you, want... we're the Steiner Brothers. And we're telling you that your attempt at banter is actually unwanted, sexual, indecent talk. <laughs> I want to do a promo over that music. <laughs> you know, uh, it was funny there. I was doing that. I was going, like, uh-oh. I was like halfway through it. I'm like, uh-oh. I couldn't think of what to say with that. I go, oh, just go with it, Kevin, because it's Scott Steiner. If you misspeak, it'll be more authentic. I assumed you were just quoting him word for word. <laughs> no, I just pulled out of my <laughs> <laughs> Accurate. I'd say one time should take a cab and fix stupid crooked yellow teeth. <laughs> so they the Steiner brothers have found a lot of success in WCW. And we mentioned before the um the big bad evil group that were in WCW at the time, those nasty New World Order that Mr. Hogan was a part of. <laughs> the New World Organization. And uh, they were kind of one of the main guy like, groups that were fighting them kind of week on week. They were kind of being viewed as being WCW through and through. So the NWO know? were the heels and what yeah. the Steiners were. Steiners were part of like the, the WCW good guy alliance that okay. were trying to take him down. But obviously as both became quite popular and uh, Scott starts to change up his look, got rid of the uh, long black uh, mullet. He evolves into stage two Scott. Stage two Scott, which has a white singlet, uh, also sometimes short pants. But the main one, which is the white hair and the uh, little goatee, Beard, yeah. the sunglasses are coming out. And uh, before you know it, uh, Scott obviously turns heel on his brother Rick, as is the style of the time. Mm-hmm. And very briefly, he became a member of the NWO, briefly under the moniker White Thunder Scott Steiner, which uh, didn't last too long. Um, think about it, he's got kind of, you know, short blonde hair, big muscles, talking about being genetically superior, quite oh, thunder. right. Yeah. With Hulk Hogan. Oh, they didn't know that. Didn't know that one. But it just, you know, there was, I mean, this is the company where he once had a wrestler called The Final Solution, and the oh, uh, okay. the pay-per-view was picketed by the Jewish Anti-Defamation League as a result. Right. So they didn't want to get bitten twice by this whole kind of, Good. you know. So he was in the NWO yeah. with Hulk Hogan. Yep. Yeah. I thought they hated each other. Like, the hatred that they have developed over the years is a complex one. And a lot of it came during this time, and this was a problem with a lot of people in WCW. There was two tiers in WCW. There was tier one, which is Hogan, the guys who came from the other company, and a few select other guys, like maybe your Stings or whatnot. But mostly guys who have been paid to come in from other companies. And Scott was kind of a rung below. And Scott, and a, lot, and a lot of other people as well, not just him, people like Booker T, Diamond Dallas Page, found it quite difficult to break above this kind of ceiling that was put above them, basically. Okay. Which is, you're a homegrown guy, you weren't an icon in the 80s, so therefore you can't be an icon in the late 90s. Aww. And Scott was kind of pushed as being like, kind of, yeah, he's a badass, but, you know, Hulk Hogan's the man, obviously. So suppose, he was a henchman in some respects. Because they're quite, I mean... I know Scott Steiner would hate it if he ever listened to this podcast and heard me heard me say this, but Scott Steiner and Hulk Hogan are quite similar. Oh, in many terms ways. Of their in ring, not in ring, on the mic skills. Yeah, the kind of the style of promo, the kind of the intensity. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let me tell you something. You really know, make much sense. Hogan's yeah. a bit more verbose though than Steiner, I would yeah, say. You know, he is. but yeah, Steiner was quite frustrated by that. So obviously, around this time when he was heel in the NWO, there was a lot of resentment there. I think uh, not just with Hogan, but a lot of the the kind of top guys where he felt that he you know, was a big, big star. And he was really, like, as a bad guy, he was really had a lot of heat with the crowds. Scott had a penchant for calling everyone in the arena, white trash! <laughs> Dumb redneck white trash! 
because he's obviously you know a freakzilla, so he's, he's got not a, trash. What is it? The, a really good education. He comes from a highly educated university, dad, which means That's when he comes out for this white trash, Joe, he gotta dumb himself down, dumb himself down, <laughs> dumb himself down. <laughs> Scott though did eventually get his chance to become the main event heel that he wanted to. That was mainly because most of the people in WCW ended up leaving for reasons or another. Okay. Or lawsuits or injuries or whatnot. Scott did become the main event heel, but only when WCW was dying. Which takes us through to our next match, which sees Big Papa Pump Scott Steiner taking on his arch enemy, Goldberg, at Fall Brawl 2000. I was really excited for this because obviously my only previous experience of watching Goldberg wrestle was again in that one match where they didn't do anything <laughs> you told me for you, 25 minutes. You were like, oh, can we see Goldberg actually wrestle this yeah. time? <laughs> and not just get booed at. I've like. actually written this in my notes. This is the first time I've seen Goldberg actually wrestle. As opposed to just have his feelings hurt in Madison Square Garden. I've got a lot of people after the um, How To Lesnar episode saying that don't let that match with Goldberg like taint your opinions of him because yeah. he is actually a really good wrestler and he's he's fantastic so i was like okay fair enough but kind of kept my expectations low yeah but this match was really good yeah and i i was i really wanted to find like a good steiner match that because i mean there's loads of great steiner brothers stuff folks and don't worry me and joe are gonna be watching plenty more steiner brothers uh action in the coming weeks gladly but um finding a good steiner one when he was this monster heel in WCW that wasn't just a bullshit boring match or kind of a stupid squash or WCW was really shit at this time but this match was like a lot of people were saying and saying actually this is probably Scott's best match a lot I of people were saying I personally think so out of the matches the, out of the five matches we've watched yeah. this is my favourite awesome well I mean we started off though very strangely at the start of WCW in a very much a it's not WWF and therefore it's not as good moment we had a promo involving action figures at the start of this one yeah brought to you by Robot Chicken yeah it's just <laughs> you ever if you're you obviously like a new fan like Joe trying to explain WCW to her is like I still don't want to Pull back the curtain entirely, so to speak, so you can see... The sad wizard. So you can see the sad wizard oh, of Oz, yeah, Eric yeah. Bischoff, pulling on all these chains, <laughs> trying to make it seem like he's got a legitimate company running. Um, but if all you have to do, folks, if you're on the network and it says, you know, click all pay-per-views, and there's WWE, WCW, ECW. You click WWE, you'll see all the kind of pay-per-views and all the cool fucking posters that they have, all really highly flashy design, nice yeah. font. And then you click on the WCW ones and it's all like fucking MS Paint. It's really weird. <laughs> it's like a combination of like weird corporate posters designed yeah. in the 80s with a mixture of like shit band posters for like punk groups. And in this case as well, uh, action figures. Which and were... action figures. It's really odd. Steiner comes out and there's two things that are immediately apparent. Number one, thoughts on Scott Steiner's chainmail. I like it. I think it's a solid look. It's a good wrestler thing, yeah, I think. Yeah, it's iconic, yeah. really iconic. Him, it really is, yeah. Him kissing his bicep As in well. the chainmail and the sunglasses is a really solid look, I think. I think that people say it looks silly, but number one, uh, if you say chainmail to a wrestling fan, they'll go, Scott Steiner. Yeah. Triple H wore chainmail briefly in the really? Yeah, like, Didn't get over. Not on his head, it was a chest chainmail thing. He wore it for like oh, two yeah. weeks, didn't get over. Uh, and two, yeah, definitely iconic. The, that Steiner face, it's a very, like brandable yeah, thing I think silly can be good I mean you could say that Finn Balor's current like wrestling gear his whole demon thing is silly but yeah. it works it's marketable you can imagine buying a wrestling figurine and with folks that on. all you have to do is go onto Rick Steiner's real estate website look at his profile picture and see how fucking properly business he looks like before you realise that Steiner 
I know there's a part of me that screams, Steiner looks like this because he thinks it's cool and he looks like a badass. But there is another part of me that goes, Steiner also probably realises that it's very strong branding and yeah. he'll get a lot of merchandise money, which he probably did as a result. I hope so, because it, it works. Entrance music then, which is a series of police sirens just going, Yeah. Thoughts? don't hate it <laughs> I don't hate it there's a resounding endorsement I mean I love generally okay the whole siren thing because I know right to censor they have a siren and but I they, love... they've got a subtle bass line in it though do they they do okay. underneath well either way I like it for them because it works and it makes sense because mm-hmm. they're that kind of personality don't understand why he has a siren what does it supposed to indicate that the, the fire brigade are coming or the ambulance is on its way He's called the police. Well, um, holler if you hear me. I'm just trying to answer like as a Steiner Woods. Right. Big popper pumps your hook up. That doesn't explain anything. Um, size does matter though, Joe. I mean, you need a siren for size. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, at this point though, if I'm honest, if we were doing this as a Steiner kind of, at this point, he would have raised his arms, started flexing, and ask you if you want to see what's be like with a real man. Yeah, that's you true. Know, that is a very recurring thing with him. He does it. The right concept here. of a real man. Yeah. The, the, the storyline for this one is a bit <laughs> fucking troubling. Jesus yeah, Christ. Problematic to say the least. I'm going to show your girlfriend what it's like to be with a real man, says Steiner to Goldberg. Now, I can only imagine that he's referring to himself there when he says that, you know. So, okay, I have a question here then. I wonder what he means by that. Does he mean he's got a well-endowed penis? Yeah. Does he mean he's going to make her come many times? Oh, oh, right. Well, you see, that's the thing, because I've always thought that um, Steiner will be a very caring lover here, okay? Um, Well, because he refers to his ladies of the night or his ladies of leisure doesn't he call them his freaks his freaks yes Bush, <laughs> Joe 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 now don't you laugh don't you laugh he says he cares about two things in his life his peaks and his freaks by peaks does he mean the peak of his trousers when he gets an erection no the peaks on his largest arms in the world Joe come on size matters <laughs> Now, obviously, his arms are very important to him, and the only only thing that's close to that is his freaks. So, and also, as well, you see in here when Goldberg uh, beat up one of his freaks, he was very upset. He was very upset. He was so upset he got Goldberg's non-contracted girlfriend uh, in on it, and he bet her up as a result. The one who was written in just for this. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so now, again, I don't understand about the whole freaks thing now. All I'm really familiar with, in, that just reminds me of Hulk Hogan with his whole Hulkamaniacs. Is yeah, it but a Hogan, thing? Hulkamaniacs are little kids. Hogan's not going to bang them, like, you know. Whereas Steiner, I'm absolutely 100% certain. If I'm wrong, folks, tweet me in. But I'm pretty sure that Steiner has got some sort of, like, pansexuality. Uh, you know, everyone, we all we all pleasure each other in this freak oh, group. Oh, okay, because that was going to be my next question, whether the freaks are only women or whether it's anyone. Oh, no, yeah, it was mostly women, the freaks. Although Buff Bagwell hung out with him for a while and he's a male gigolo now, so maybe, mm. you know. Scott Steiner may very well be uh, a sexual icon. So is it to refer to his fans? Like, if I was a fan of Scott Steiner, would I be a freak? Would you be a freak if you were a fan of him? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm, uh, well, because he's had freaks on screen and in, their, in his entourage, and those were always women. But he ha- did in WWE refer to like, you know, where are my freaks at? And everyone would go, hoo, 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 you know, like right. and cheer for him. So I guess we kind of are his freaks. Okay. Does that mean that if we meet Scott Steiner, he's going to give me a stiff hand shandy? 
I'm yeah. not sure. Does he care about me as much as he does his peaks? Well, if he keeps telling women that he's going to show us like to be a real man, I can only imagine he's just going to say, I'm going to do really good oral sex on you. Yeah, exactly. Huh? And also as well, he, he did like on a number of occasions, he'll talk about like not only sleeping with these women and showing what it's like to be with a real man, but saying that they will do things like howl at the moon and go boom shakalaka. Yeah. So he's obviously... Because I do wonder what it takes to be a real man. You know, well, obviously Steiner is, uh, I, I'm saying is... Chainmail headgear. Chainmail headgear, looking after a woman's needs. Yeah. All I'm saying is Scott Steiner ain't turning around eating a bag of crisps once he's finished up. You know? Why not? Because I think that he cares about his freak's sexual needs. But he can't have a bag of crisps after he's done his business? No, you can get crumbs everywhere. You're going to go in there. It's going to be awful. No, you're right. Yeah. A sandwich is the right way to exactly, go. Exactly, You should yeah. bring her a sandwich. Oh, a nice, moist sandwich. <laughs> now, we did get a very nice thing to have before the actual contest started off. Uh, a promo with Scott Steiner. With my dad. Me and Gene Okerlund. I was trying to figure out what on earth Scott Steiner was saying. Now, this isn't just a Scott Steiner problem that I have because I find generally in wrestling it's really hard to tell what a lot of people are saying. Hulk Hogan had the same problem. So, Kevin turned on captions for me. So yeah. and um, Try and figure it out. It's nice that the network does have those captions. Yeah, it's really good. I was actually I'm... there as like, as the, because uh, wrestling used to be really bad for subtitles. It never had really? them. Wrestling with subtitles on Twitter started this campaign to get them on. Really, that's and really that's, good. It's really cool that there is subtitles Because I'm a little now. bit hard of hearing, so I do find it a bit difficult to hear what's going on some of the time. <laughs> Scott, that's multiplied times a thousand because he's yeah. got a bag of fucking Maltesers in his mouth when he's talking. Kevin will, <laughs> <laughs> Kevin will testify to the number of times I've had to turn around during how to wrestling research and go what did they say yeah. can you repeat that please so we turned on subtitles and it really didn't help no it didn't help at I've all got a screenshot here saying it's one of my favorite freaks it's payback brackets indistinct indistinct <laughs> not even the person who's paid money to do subtitles for wwe just like fuck it no fuck idea it. i'm not even bothering there <laughs> um yeah he's... no one expects me to know this I mean, maybe he was just shook by the fact that Scott used the phrase that he was a loaded sex pistol ready to explode. Yeah, they were like, you know what, I'm going home. They don't pay me enough for this. <laughs> as well, Scott did his promo and he was all excited and he kind of fucked it all up. And then when he was leaving, just nonchalantly Mean Gene called him a bastard. Did you hear that? He's like, no. He's like, you are a no good bastard. <laughs> What's going Gene. on? He is literally Mean Gene. Yeah, that no good Mean Gene. Mean, Your dad. Mean Gene, why are you so mean? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so the Steiner Bros handcuffed Goldberg to the ring. Yeah, they handcuffed him to the ring during the, the, the hype up for this. Yeah, yeah. Um, during the video package, I guess you'd call it. And uh, then they made him watch as they did their finishing move to like his girlfriend. Steiner recliner, huh? Is his girlfriend a wrestler or no. anyone we no. know? No, it's just like a lady. I'm not even sure if that was Goldberg's real girlfriend. No okay. one Goldberg probably wasn't. Does she have a name? No. I don't, far, I, but and again, I, I didn't watch the Nitro, so she very well okay. could have been given a she name. She could have so. been given a whole yeah. complex backstory and Ye- dreams, goals of her own. Mate, you know how it is. the Bechdel test. You know how it is with revenge girlfriends, yeah. you know. Um, and then they handcuffed him to a bus. Yeah. I, I guess they're really into the whole handcuffing Goldberg to things. Definitely. Well, all they do if you can handcuff someone to something, and then you can show that person breaking it off. It's a feat of strength. Did he break off the handcuffs in the ring? No, he broke off the handcuffs on the bus, though. Okay, so that makes sense, because they were kind of getting their money's worth then. They were like, the handcuffs worked last time, may as well use them again. you, you know, got to buy fresh handcuffs each time, guys. I mean, that's a rookie Starts mistake. Starts expensive after then. Just so you know, any questions you have about the storyline, Joe, Vince Russo wrote this. Okay, so <laughs> there you go. That's all 
the explaining I have to do. <laughs> Scott Steiner starts off like a house on fucking fire. These are two very big, strong men. Mm. And one of the first things that we see was uh, Goldberg doing a gorilla press slam to Scott, just completely lifting Amazing. him over his head. It's really so good. St- so my first, well, not really my first impression, my second impression of Goldberg is a good one. Yeah, which is nice. He, pretty cool. Neither, neither of these guys are kind of like ring generals per se. So the fact that they just kind of literally went hell for fucking leather because usually when you've got strong guys they slow down and they're kind of like I mean not to fucking go back to Hogan and Andre but those are two guys who would be like oh they're so strong but there's not feats of strength in the yeah. match this was Just feats grappling. of strength yeah. big power spots um, in the audience someone had a sign that said big popper pump is your hookup yeah. now I wanted to know hookup for what steroids I mean I, I, steroids. I, no, I, no no it's not okay because I wrote <laughs> I wrote drugs, question mark. I assume drugs or women. Holler if you hear me. So what is it? A hookup for? Because it is drugs, right? That's what you have a hookup for. I think it's kind of like saying, hey, I'm your boy. Or like, I'm, I'm, he's just using. I'm your hookup, though. That doesn't mean boy. That means I'm your hookup. Yeah, I'm your hookup. For drugs. Ring me if you want drugs. Don't call after 9 p.m. Because I got to look after my sister's kids. <laughs> so Scott and Goldberg beat the shit out of each other for a little bit. And before, because it's WCW, there has to be lots of screwy spots, basically, honey. That's just the way it works. Right. Um, Scott's freak, Medasia, comes out with a very difficult to pronounce name. Medasia. Medasia. Is that, that her name? That was her name. That was the name of the very glittery, very busty lady that came out. Okay, now, I was trying to pay attention to see if they mentioned her name. I yeah. didn't. I think I must have missed that. Yeah, they, Medasia. It, it sounds right. like a name of a move, if I'm honest, you know. Like, so, well, I know Medasia. Oh, it's good, yeah. No. Uh, Medasia. Okay. Mysterious. Yeah. Scott does push-ups, which is one of his big gimmicks. He'll do like a big move and then get in the person's face and start doing push-ups. I love that. And I realised as well, it took me, I think it was the match after this, that I finally realised that your wrestling character on 2K16 has the same moves and taunts as Steiner. Well, not all of them. I do do the push-ups and I do the the bicep kiss uh, elbow drop, I know yours is based on um, Simon Gotch Gotch, from NXT. But that's very, actually quite funny how similar they are. Yeah, very much so. I was wondering if you got to pick up on the similarities between uh, Scott Steiner and Nikki Bella. Both do push-ups. Yes. Come on, Scotty. Come on, Scotty. Come on, Scotty. Come on. <laughs> Can you imagine Brie Bella being the <laughs> manager for Scott Steiner? You know, me and Jean, they say all men are created equal, but you look at Nikki and you look at me, the numbers just don't add up. I would watch the crap out of Total Divas if Scott Steiner was We've in. got six, six, two-third chance of winning. <laughs> Scott Steiner gets a pipe, which is kind of like his signature weapon. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, but then he eats a spear from Goldberg. I was really enjoying this match, but it did get quite silly when Vince Russo himself ran out. Yeah. And Vince Russo comes out, and I was kind of, I was going to turn and explain to you, kind of go, well, honey, the reason why Vince Russo, the writer of this show, um, is out here is because, and then literally as I was, that was going through in my head, I was prepping what I was going to say, the announcers went, he's back from brain surgery. And I thought, fuck it. It's not even bother going to do yeah. that. Because I, I can't explain that. So let's it's, just move on. It's weird as hell. I'm not familiar with... I mean, I know enough about the Attitude Era to know that Vince Russo was a big part of it and he was a writer. Yeah. Now, well, I'm... he beaten up yeah, Goldberg I'm with a baseball bat? not familiar myself with the writing staff of WWE or NXT or anything to run in with a metal pipe and start beating people up. Yeah. Especially post-brain surgery. I, I'm going to ask, you know, because we've been watching a, great, a lot of Grey's Anatomy recently. Yeah. I hope that becomes a, a like a, 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 a catchphrase of the podcast. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of Grey's Anatomy recently. 
And um, I was wondering if Mr. Vince Russo could tell us, or tell Joe, tell a new fan, Vince, why you were, <laughs> how you managed to recover from brain surgery and then, like, hit someone with a baseball bat so soon. Because I can only imagine that Dr. Derek Shepard, who's yeah. a neurosurgery specialist. One of the best. One of the best. Operate on Vince Russo. And then him and Meredith are watching mm-hmm. uh, him beat up someone with a baseball bat and going, we did a fucking amazing job. Well done, us. Re- well done, us. Yeah. Then they start See, crying and, and then they fa- fight again because it's complicated. Yeah, you don't understand, Meredith. It's great anatomy. But I can't understand. So Vince, please help us. I'm Yeah, that was very confusing. But to be fair, I've gotten used to it at this point. Random <laughs> wrestlers, Lita with her thong running yeah. in at random, Rhino running in at random. Vince so. Russo running in post brain surgery. Did- and, sorry, Vince Russo as well, just to add to the whole complex backstory, mm-hmm. he was wearing a t shirt that says simply slap nuts. Yeah. Slap nuts. Yeah. What the fuck does slap nuts mean? Well, um, Jeff Jarrett, who's also a wrestler from... Do- See, it's too complicated, honey. These are all guys who need their own... We- how to slap nuts. How to slap nuts. Well, you listen up. That's what uh, Slap nuts was the catchphrase of Jeff Jarrett, who was uh, Vince Russo's favourite wrestler at the time. Okay. If he came out wearing a shirt that said glad gay, it might have been a little bit more helpful, maybe. Yeah. You could have pieced that together a little bit more. Um, very, very, very pathetic table break spot where they set up a table Ugh. and he kind of just lay on it and it would It was like slap. half up. It was really p- underwhelming. It was like at a diagonal angle. It was, <laughs> only one leg was like, standing up. Him and Medeja set it up together. Yeah. And then it fell over and he thought, nah, I'm going to pull through it anyway. It anyway. I ain't got enough time to put up the legs on that table. <laughs> a lot of points during this match, uh, Scott Steiner in his this weird wrestling mask which he said was to protect his face yeah he uh, Goldberg you fractured my face which just honestly makes him look like he's in a really lazy Catwoman outfit it's like the worst Catwoman really outfit I've shit. ever seen yeah anyway his um, finishing submission move is basically a game of horsey <laughs> <laughs> having been a babysitter I can say like you know that's basically what it is yeah well you know, I mean ride, I, ride the back I like I Scott, like, when he became heel, he stopped doing his Hurricane Rana, started, obviously, getting a lot bigger, who knows how, and then came up with a finishing move, kudos to him, he came up with a finishing move that actually involves him literally standing up as someone else contorts their body around him. Yeah, That's almost the lowest. sitting, almost, he's kind of on him. He's having a bit of a rest, like. Yeah, it's, it's an l- easy one. It's the easiest finishing move ever. Very unsafe moment when uh, he gets put up on the shoulders by Goldberg and just gets fucking dumped off. Then he landed right in his face. So scary. Horrible. We get the Steiner recliner around three times in this, but in the end, Goldberg, because he's such a beast, has to be beaten up by Russo, Medeja, with like their sticks and bats. Really didn't understand the whole ganging up on Goldberg. Goldberg thing. was like undefeated for like two and a half years. So it's equivalent of Brock Lesnar, or more or less. Baron yeah, Corbin or yeah, can't okay. can't be beat like by Monster by human means. Monster yeah. face though. He was a he was oh, a good guy. Face. Yeah, so he was like an unstoppable powerhouse. Is kind Monster of. face a thing? Yeah, more or less. Yeah, I like that term. yeah, it's cool. Monster face <laughs> coming next fall on ABC. <laughs> Steiner recliner finally on Goldberg and he passes out in a pool of blood. And you know what? It was sloppy. It was overbooked. But it was exciting as fuck. And this was a really great match. I loved it. The only downside to it was Vince Russo ripping his top off at the end. Oh, jeez. put it away, Vince. No. 
What is with that? Maybe then, like, back in Seattle, Grace, and then, like... <laughs> oh, dear. They're looking them there. It's gone wrong. So I'm just thinking, like, you know, once Europe's his top off, we just cut back to Seattle, Grace, and, like, Dr. Sloan comes in, and he's like, oh, maybe I can give him some pecs or some shit, because that's some weak-ass shit. It's Russo. Poor <laughs> cute little man. <laughs> so Steiner finished out his time in WCW being the big fish in the ever-shrinking pond as guys were leaving because of contract buyouts and not being able to be afforded and bad blood between management and who was writing the show. Scott stayed till the bitter end. He was like the last champion How before. Because he was like the only kind of guy who was up there. They was he loyal or did he just... You know, he was, he was loyal and... Honestly, they were going to give him more money okay. than any than anyone else would have. Right. So he, you know, he finished up his time in WCW as being like the top guy. He did, though, however, have a very bad reputation. Like WCW was a bit wild west yeah. in that the inmates ran the asylum. That's I'm mixing metaphors there. I'm sorry. I kind of know what you mean though. Yeah. Previous episode, so it was like wrestlers were given too much creative control, weren't they? Yeah, and the, the the word in the street was that most of the writers and whatnot were afraid of Scott at the end. Oh. Afraid to ask him to lose. Afraid to tell. Afraid to tell him that he can't do the stupid shit he wants to do. Some things, including Scott Steiner coming out with a fucking tiger. What? Yeah, well, White Tiger, like the one that uh, Siegfried and Royd had. Steiner came out on on TV with a with a tiger. Oh my god! Uh, Steiner also once they had like the NWO fucking monster truck, and he like revved it out and he broke. It. <laughs> like, Is just... that how they went bankrupt then? Because he spent all the money on yeah, tigers basically. and monster like, trucks. Hey guys, look at the monster truck! And he got and he went and he broke it. <laughs> the poor accountants at WCW going like looking at their red bills, going, "We can't." afford this we can't afford this but we can't say no none of us are brave enough to say no to steiner there were two things which we saw that were like really really shocking and things that wouldn't happen in wwe or wouldn't happen today which was the first one was when buff bagwell dressed up as scott to make fun of him for their match which is kind of like a thing that happens if you're a guy you're making fun of another guy you might dress up as him or have Mm -hmm. someone dress up as him and scott irl non-kayfabe got very upset by this. So he doesn't understand kayfabe then? He doesn't know what that means? Oh, he understands kayfabe, but he thinks that, like, he could have... He, even still, in the, with the kayfabe notwithstanding, that his character shouldn't be made light of like that. Right, I see. He takes himself very seriously. As you can see, because he bet the fucking shit out of Buff Bagwell as a result. Yeah. <laughs> mm. And the other one! The really, really strange one. Where he just walked out on an episode of Nitro. And keep in mind, this is Ric Flair, a wrestler we yet to talk about in a full podcast, but a legend of wrestling, folks, and a guy who's had some self, self-consciousness over the years, let's just say. And Scott came out on TV randomly for no reason, wasn't feuding with Rick, picked up a microphone and just con- continued to talk shit about Ric Flair for 10 minutes, talking about how his gimmick was unoriginal and how he's the reason the company was shit. And how he got stone cold fired from the company and all that. It's just So were they working on the same show at this point? They were both in WCW, but they weren't, they weren't feuding. Absolutely nothing no. to do with each other. Wow. That's Scott just so did strange. that because no one, people were too afraid to tell him to not do that kind of stuff. Wow. Well, did he have a like a record of doing aggressive things to people he, who aren't wrestling? But he got a big physical fight with uh, Diamond Dallas Page, the wrestler backstage, because yeah. he said something about like he said he should get a sex change so he has enough balls to come out and fight him. Yeah, who, kayfabe. Who said that? No, no. Steiner said that as like a kayfabe promo. And DDP right. got so upset the two of them fought. Like, but did he ever like beat up any like actual non wrestling people? Um, yeah, there were some. Well. No, not like not like kind of like outside of the world of wrestling. There's all no, these. I mean, within wrestling, like like yeah. writers and stuff. They but... brought in 
like extras, he was always very rough with. I there was see. cases of him injuring, you know, guys playing cops who are usually indie wrestlers. They get to come in and do pull apart brawls. You know, okay. they have security guards. They yeah. just have them play by, you know, local wrestlers. He he injured a few of those, as far as I remember. Yeah. There being stories about that. So yeah, Steiner's like, you know, bad reputation with his brother, as we mentioned. But that reputation got worse when he was kind of, you know, on top. And the company was completely chaotic, and he benefited from that because he just did whatever the fuck he wanted. Wow. He got paid very well. And when WCW shut down, he was one of the many people who had a big guaranteed contract. So Scott stayed at home for like 19 months and got paid a couple of hundred million dollars, whatever the fuck wow. it was. So that was Scott then in WCW. And as all things came to pass, and all the people who you know had their guaranteed contracts in WCW... Eventually, a beleaguered and slightly less popular WWE came calling. Now, the Attitude Era was over and no one liked wrestling anymore. And in late 2002, Scott Steiner shocked the world as he inevitably signed with WWF, appearing at the Survivor Series 2002, with a very legendary intro where he walked over and went, Give me a fucking mic! (laughs) Give me a fucking... Not a great start to... um, so the match we watched that epitomized Steiner's run in WWE was Scott Steiner taking on Triple H for the World Heavyweight Championship. Scott had a big debut, and I remember watching this because I didn't watch WCW in like 2000 or 2001. I thought it was awful. And I remember this was the first time when someone was coming into the company who had genuinely didn't know about and didn't see what the big deal was. So you didn't grow up with Steiner? No, because Steiner would have been WCW by the time I started watching wrestling. Okay. And of course, by the time he became a big star, he changed his look completely. And if I looked over there, I didn't, you know, yeah. it, was, it was awful what was on WCW. So I didn't, didn't really have anything to do with him growing up. So he was coming into WWE in like 2002, 2003, and they're like, Scott Steiner, he's one of the most badass motherfuckers in the world. And I was like, oh my God, Scott Steiner. He swears. <laughs> He's a big bad booty daddy. I'll check that up on on the slang dic- urban dictionary later on. What did it come up with? Uh, nothing. Really? <laughs> it's not a thing. It's not Scott a thing. Steiner, just a picture of him. Everybody knows what a big bad booty daddy is. So Sky had his big debut, signed with WWE, appeared on Raw, feuded with Triple H. Scott and Triple H hate each other. Hate, hate, hate each other. What, now? Life. Or they did at the time? Or? Weren't fans of each other then. Hate each other now. Steiner has accused Triple H of using steroids on multiple occasions. Yeah, I heard about this. This is mm. something we'll mention, I think, when we go into the tweets. Because a couple of people have uh, said things about the whole steroids and Triple H thing. I mean, fucking pot calling the kettle black there, mate. I mean, come on. Like. It starts off by explaining that Triple H and Steiner had previously had an arm wrestle match. Mm-hmm. Which now if I didn't know wrestling better, would think it was fake. But now I know wrestling, and I know that's probably a thing that did happen, because wrestling is ridiculous. Yeah, they had, um, in the build-up to this one, because there was no real story other than, I want a title shot! It's going to be Scott Steiner versus Triple H. I want to arm wrestle you! (laughs) So then they arm wrestled. I want to see who can lift more weights! So they did that. And then they did a very, very strange thing, Joe. They did a... Now you called it a pose. Well, they called it. They a called pose it a pose down. off or a pose down. But it basically consists of flexing a lot. Mm-hmm. In in their little pants, Triple H had bronzer on. Yeah. Triple H had a book come out at the time about being big and buff and beefy. So just two hot beef cakes wow. flexing. Keep in mind, three short years previously, you were watching Steve Austin jump off a zamboni and strike a chord for the working man as he beat up Vince McMahon. 
a couple of years later and you've got two grown men in their pants seeing who's got bigger arms um and then they were doing push-ups push-up contest yeah contest not even making this up you didn't see the smackdown where they measured each other's dicks did you yeah the pissing contest (laughs) literally see who can piss the highest or the furthest (laughs) so they were doing a push-up contest because of course they were Mm -hmm. uh only triple h that no good pesky triple h that sneak he hired goons to beat up scott steiner in the middle of their competition yeah but little did they know that scott steiner has no cause for little goons he's a genetic freak so he injured them all (laughs) with sloppy suplexes and and then Scott Steiner, now again, not making this up, Scott Steiner pulled off all of Triple H's clothes yeah. and left him lying in a little thong. Yes. Which sounds instead like something that would happen to a diva mm. in the Attitude Era or maybe slightly after. Well, because, I mean, first of all, we had basically the male bikini contest with yeah. the posed out. And then we had a few that ended with a man being stripped down to his unmentionables. Can't believe I hadn't heard of this. I know. It's 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 quite strange, isn't it? Yeah. How do you feel about that as a man, by the way? Well, I remember thinking it was quite strange in that Triple H was doing that because the original gimmick for that goes back to like the 80s where Ric Flair... That happened to him a lot, where he would get his clothes stripped off. Really? That's because Ric Flair would come out and be like, I dress myself in $80 million shoes. My slacks cost $4,600. My tie costs more than your head. And then the person, like, the working man would rip off all his his clothes and, like, Flair would be left in in his little pants. Okay. And that's kind of... So that was kind of like, oh, you know, he's kind of, he's ripping him off his, it's symbolic, he's taking his stuff from him. So still for men, not a sexualized thing for women. That so wasn't, much. I think it that was... It was more of a revenge fantasy type thing. That's not to say that, you know, some of the women didn't mind catching an eyeful of old Space Mountain Ric Flair. Of course, none of us mind an eyeful of Ric Flair, but the target audience was still men. Yeah, yeah. I would say so, definitely. It's kind of more for men to see... Uh, that rich snob get his clothes ripped off. Right. Here, I don't know who anyone was the target audience for. I think men. I think men are still the target. Because women generally don't get off on men flexing their muscles at each other. Now, no. generalising, some women obviously do. Yeah. There's all kinds of people in the world. But I would say that this, again, is for a male kind of fantasy thing here. Like, oh, who's got the biggest muscles? And, oh, he does. He's the more manly one. Oh, he's the winner because he's got the biggest muscles. You know, oh. it's just horrible. Just somewhere... Out in the deep, dark world, there was a boy and his dad watching Raw, thinking, wouldn't it be fun to watch the wrestling? And they had to share the awkward silence as Triple H lay there in his little pants. But it could be worse. I think Triple H in his little pants is quite quite entertaining. I like the idea of Triple H thinking that, hey guys, it'd be great, you rip off all my clothes, all the chicks in the audience would be like, damn man, that's hard. You know? Yeah, no one finds no. that hard. No, no one wants that. You know who that was probably for? Triple Stephanie. H. Yeah, no, it's Triple H or <laughs> Stephanie. Yeah, that's probably it. Or maybe Scott Steiner. It's like, oh, damn it, Scott, we want you to sign with WDF. Okay, but you gotta make so that I can rip off all the clothes off Triple H's stupid, quirky body. <laughs> and, um, Bless him, when um, Scott Steiner came into the ring, of course he does his flexing and pressing of his bicep, you, Kevin, were physically recoiling and screaming every time he flexed. He's so much bigger here. Yeah. Even compared to WCW in his prime, because he was gone for like, you know, nearly two years not wrestling. And during that time, I know two things happened. Number one, he did have some sort of injury. Like, he was coming back from an injury at this point. Right. But number two, he was bigger than he ever was. Because his veins in his arms were bigger than, like, my actual arms. He's 41 here. And he is fucking 
huge. He's very, very dense man. Like, yeah. he's got this bulging vein when he's not flexing, and that's just like... Because you know Cena, when he screams, all the veins come out. Yeah. But at least his ambient musculature... I mean, Scott can't be a hero for little kids because he's too scary. Yeah, he is. He's like, you, yeah. you wouldn't let him hug a kid. No, don't, don't take a picture with my boy. <laughs> he looks like a bodybuilder rather than an athlete, I think, yeah, rather definitely. than a lot of other wrestlers. And, uh, yeah, crowd ain't into Scott. When his no. music hit, there was not a reaction. And I'll be honest, I don't think the month of bra and panties and pose downs made people excited for Scott. No, unfortunately I'll, not. I'll be honest, it's kind of like, I'm sure there's a lot of times where you're kind of like, I, you know, it would be nice if they did this with men sometimes. Oh no, I'm really glad. But I mean, any other men than these two, surely. Sure, I'd prefer, but you know, you've got to pick your battles, haven't you? Yeah. I appreciate, even though it's not for me, I know they didn't write Triple H being ripped into his pants for my amusement. Yeah. Certainly not my sexual gratification, because I didn't get anything from that. It's not like Corey but... Graves ripping off all the clothes from, say, I don't know, Sami Seth- Zayn. Zayn's body, because he's yeah, just so so hot and smart. Exactly. You know, yeah. it's not happening. He didn't like throw latte in his face and then rip no. off his clothes. And No, that didn't happen. It was Scott Steiner and Triple H yeah. rolling around like a big bag of meat but I, it, I don't know there's something about it that does make me feel a little bit, little bit better about the whole you know women wrestling in gravy women wearing fancy ball gowns and wrestling in gravy yeah the bra and panties matches it just it does make me feel a little bit better that True. they did do this at but least it, a bit it had all the, the sensuality of two shopping carts full of deli meats yeah. hitting each other in a car park it was still target audience men yeah but Whatever. Hey, take what I can get. Vince is like, hey, as long as someone's beaten off, I don't care. huh? <laughs> I don't care. So the crowd really aren't into that, that into Scott. And don't worry, folks, it's okay. Because Professor Scott Steiner has realized he's illiterate in the reading of crowds and decides to give them everything they don't want. If you're doing a forearm smash three times in a row in the corner, and the crowd are booing, don't turn around and go, yeah, and then do it again. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting balance between making the audience hate you for your kayfabe heelness. But he's then... a good guy here. Oh, wait, he's a good guy He's here? the good guy. Triple H is the badass, you know, he's the badass. You said he was like a Seth Rollins almost here, Triple H. Yeah. You know, you know Scott's the good guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Scott's the stud who's come to beat up this no good, thinks he knows how to pose, and he's wearing little small pants when he rips them off. Knows nothing, Triple H. Hate him. Um, so the crowd die a slow death as Scott slowly, well, not slowly, as Scott quickly becomes tired. Yeah, really and soon. You know what? Guys get gassed all the time. It happens. People get tired. That's what rest holes are for. We rally. Someone else goes on offense. But Scott gets tired during his bit at the start, like two minutes of offense. He goes in, he goes all in right from the beginning. And then after the first two minutes, he's just tired. Fake, he looks like he's doing fake fighting. Yeah, no, he does. He um, he didn't even bother to clench his fist when he was hitting Triple H. He just has this like, open hand. Ugh. There's no power behind what he does. And it's because nice. he's so heavy, I just think, and he's not got any sort of conditioning here. It's that the fact that he's so big has worn him out. Right. And I think it looks really bad um, when it's what makes gives wrestling this phony kind of reputation. So people remember watching wrestling in the 80s and the early 90s where you have big, giant steroid monsters looking very tired and no force behind their moves. Nice. So it looks fake because they don't have... 
the wherewithal to do something that looks tight or yeah. you know snappy or whatever it and just looks lazy it does yeah. it looks like fake fighting so yeah. and because they're big it's more obvious because you look he's so big he should be taking his head off when he punches him instead he's flopping his arm on him like a load of old gnocchi it was just so clear as well that like Triple H was doing all of the work mm. every single move Scott Steiner did you could see Triple H was putting all the effort not in. just Triple H but Ric Flair as well yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell, Ric Flair earned his money tonight. He's meant to be Triple H's manager, folks, just out in the corner. He did more wrestling than Scott Steiner. And he's there fucking jumping around. Scott's too gas. Ric Flair gets up. He buys him time. Yeah. You know, plays to the crowds. You know what? They're very nice to Scott here. They gave him all the opportunities in the world to help him rally, but the crowd just aren't into it. At one point, Ric Flair even starts choking Steiner with the sleeve of his jacket. <laughs> and I reckon that's Ric Flair noticing he was tired and going, here, just have a little nap quickly while I pretend to choke Yeah, I've, I've got a juice carton in my breast pocket. Have a soft get your energy back Steiner reverses the pedigree at one point but every move Steiner is doing at this point is the definition of formulaic he's putting he's doing the move but putting in I mean you do the move but then there has to be the selling and the selling is what makes moves seem legitimate in wrestling Mm -hmm. you're reacting as if what you're doing is real so when he's meant to be reversing the pedigree you know, it should be like he's trying to struggle and get out. Instead, he's just completely still. It's yeah. like, now it's time for me to reverse the pedigree. Triple H, actually, you can see him, starts moving Scott's arms for him. Couldn't even be bothered to, like, move his arms slightly. Oh, my God. To look like he's restraining him. He just looks so tired, and he's just doing everything so half-heartedly, and it's really sad. And I feel bad for both of them. I do, and I feel really bad for Triple H, who... Yeah. Because we saw it... Um, if you check out our uh, Night of Champions review on Patreon, mm. folks, you'll see when there was an instance of this where someone has to buy time for someone and Seth had to buy time for Sting, who was injured. He and you see such a good job. Triple H tr- trying to walk that fine line here of one, buying time for Scott so he can catch his breath, but two, not buying him so much time that the crowd are literally going, why the fuck aren't you hitting him? Yeah, because Triple <laughs> H is clear that this is still quite a big... You said before we watched it, this is still one of the bigger matches for him. As oh, yeah. Up and rise. Definitely, yeah. This is Triple H meant to be the man at the moment. Yeah. You don't want to have a shit match. So you can tell that he really doesn't want this to go badly. So he's putting his all in. I mean, Triple H is. And I just feel really bad for him because it's just, he's putting so much effort in and it doesn't even pay off properly. No. It just comes across... I Do guess you, he comes across quite well because it just um, looks. It comes across to other people then are saying like kind of like oh it's just Triple H you know wanting to beat people and yeah uh, I guess. If you look on the other side as well there were two brands at this point Raw was a show but SmackDown was a separate show mm. and on that show at the time you had the likes of Brock Lesnar and Kurt Angle all oh, fucking geez, wrestling a million yeah. miles an hour compared to this sloppy shit here. Um, Scott Steiner. Shades of my brother when we played Street Fighter 2 for the first time. Spamming the fucking blanket down and B here. He keeps doing the same fucking move. He does it so many times, the crowd start booing him. And it's yeah. the same suplex. How many? He did nine of these? Belly nine. to belly? Nine. Ridiculous. In a, like, in a nine-minute match. It's not entertaining like when Brock Lesnar does it. No. It's not because when Lesnar does it, it's like, oh my god. When Scott's doing it, it's kind of like... Oh, poor Triple H. Come on, like, is that the only move you can do? When Brock is doing it, it's like he's choosing to do this punishing thing. It's like he's trying to break the guy. Whereas Scott, it feels like it's the only thing he can do. Yeah. So he's doing it. And 
Honestly, Scott Steiner just looks like he needs to go home and have a nice bath and a cup of tea. He looks so worn out and sad. And then you've got Ric Flair, so sprightly and energetic, dancing around the ring, basically. Give him a fucking title shot. Ten years his senior, (laughs) making Scott Steiner look like shit. Yeah, there's a difference between uh, conditioning and musculature. The The two spectrums of wrestling there, folks. But um, the real low light of this one comes where Steiner does the, what can only be described as the fall over plex, where he hooks his arms, picks them up, and falls over. Oh, it's really sad. And during a main event, the one thing worse than the people, I mean, people booed Roman Reigns, as we mentioned, okay? But at least no one was taking him so unseriously that they started laughing at him. We had 20,000 people laughing at the poor man who fell down, whose pants went out on display then. Not just pants, little purple thong. Little purple thong. I mean, I know you're going for the fucking bra and panties match vibe in this one, but seriously, now we've got someone getting a thong exposed? Mm. Lee over here? It's just really sad, and it happened because he Triple H hit him with a sledgehammer, and there's just this fantastic screenshot we have of, like, Steiner. Triple H holding <laughs> a sledgehammer above Scott Steiner, and you can just see him from behind, his thongs peeking out, and he looks sad and tired and all. It's re- I mean, other highlights in this match include... Triple H blading and bleeding everywhere after Scott hit him with the soft part of the belt, the non-metallic bit with the leather. The ref ends the match by disqualification. He's about to, like, he's gonna he's gonna go say, you know, I'm gonna disqualify you. Now you've seen matches, obviously, Joe, where like it seems like the heel has set it up so he's gonna get disqualified. Yeah. And the face like, no, 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 don't disqualify you and to turn to the remember the Dudley boys did it yeah. with the new day. They turned to the crowd like, no way, no, that's not true. Now referee. And Scott literally stands there completely chill. He's not smiling, he's not frowning, he's just catching his breath as the ref is in front going, Oh, I'm gonna disqualify him. No, I'm not. And then the crowd don't even cheer. No one cares. It's it's honestly such a sad, confusing match. And mm. I don't understand as well, because obviously the last two matches we watched were great. They were mm. really fun. And then suddenly he's shit. It's not that long in between. It's only like two yeah, years. So- you know? Two years where he wasn't wrestling, really. Because, you know, WCW was gone by early March 2001. So, I mean, that we watched Fall Brawl 2000. So you're talking about six months after that, then he didn't wrestle for around a year. So is it just that he's, like, maybe lost all his cardio muscles or whatever and he's just gotten quite weak? Two things, I'd say. Number one, but he was coming back from an injury, which would have meant that that slowed him down. And obviously he put more emphasis on size than function because I think he's one of the guys who thinks that, as he would say himself, size matters. So he has to look a certain way. Right. And the other thing about that is just, you have it a lot of time with WCW guys, even uh, you know more athletic guys like Chris Jericho when they come into WWF. It's a different style and it's, you know, he couldn't keep up with the pace but of it's WWF. it's amazing how crap he is. He, he's a fish out of water here. He, he would have not been used to how Triple H was doing things. The people say that Triple H like buried him because he like made him do this type of match that Scott wasn't capable of doing. I just think that Scott wasn't in any condition here to, yeah, to do anything. Yeah, I think he could have done at one point. Yeah, but I not here. Not here. Fans boo the really shitty DQ finish as Scott looks bewildered with his it's thong on display. Tired and sad. This is the Royal Rumble, okay? WrestleMania comes after the Royal Rumble. The Royal Rumble, Scott Steiner was in the World Heavyweight Championship match. WrestleMania, he wasn't even booked. Mm. 
Now, we mentioned as well in Lesnar's episode how Goldberg didn't get on in his WWE run. He was another WCW guy and fucking hell, Scott Steiner didn't get on too well here. You know, this match ended in DQ, but he had an awful, awful, awful run. Just went further and further down the card. Mm. Once they realized they didn't have to push him anymore, they stopped. Highlights include Scott Steiner having a debate with a Harvard graduate about the Iraq war. Oh dear. We didn't start this war. Terrorism's started this war. Terrorism. And Iraq has been known to train and create terrorisms. (laughs) And if you don't like that, you can go back to hell or France. Same difference. (laughs) So, yeah. And of course, the other highlight as well, which we saw, which was him trying to jump off the ring apron to hit that guy and he slipped and fell. (laughs) It's so strange to think it's the same guy as his first two matches. Night and day. Absolute night and day. I just think something must have happened that made him. I he, don't know, d- he didn't get on shit. with anyone there. He had, didn't have the power, the position that he had in WCW. Rubbed everyone the wrong way. He was gone very shortly after he arrived, wow. and he got injured a bunch as well while he was there. Right. So nothing really they could do with him. And I'll be honest, seeing as I didn't grow up with Scott Steiner, and then that was what I saw Scott Steiner. Yeah. Um, I didn't think much of Scott Steiner for most of my you know young adulthood and teendom. Makes sense. So when he showed up in TNA in like 2005 or whenever it was, it was a big fucking groan for me as he's evolved into hyper Scott Steiner form. (laughs) He's had the unnecessary and regrettable tattoo stone applied to him and he's evolved into his final form. He's got like a, it's like a heart with a crucifix stabbed through it on his chest. Is that what it is? I think so. It's kind of faded because of all the veins of like pump the blood. Yeah, it's weird because it can't have been that old the tattoo by the time we saw it in this match and yet it looks proper faded yeah like it's been there for 20 years scott appeared in tna which is obviously a smaller company and i thought kind of like ah fishing punishment you know you fucked all you know you you were a big bully in the in the company where you were a big star you did no good in wwe now you're in the small company ha you're gonna rat but I'll be honest, Steiner did have something of a renaissance in this smaller company, TNA. Be that entirely intentional or unintentional, but mainly in TNA, he was known for his off-the-cuff promos. But he had a few really good matches, just yeah. seemingly out of nowhere. And this was definitely one of them from Slammiversary in 2006. Scott Steiner, the genetic freak, taking on his arch-nemesis, Smojo! Smojo. He's fat! I don't... I'm... Ain't got no Twinkies for you. Ain't got no donuts. You may call me Smojo Graham. I'm... I'm Smojo Graham. Smojo Graham. I'm just Smo Graham. Smo Anna. Smo Anna. <laughs> Smo Anna. It's Smo when we're being playful, but Smo Anna when it's something serious. Like the Smo Anna Graham. The Smo Anna Graham. Like. He calls him... Um, Scott Steiner calls Samoa Joe... Uh, Sloppy Joe? Sloppy Joe. Whoa. Whoa. Bit, bit witty there. Yeah, bit. Oh. You're Sloppy Joe. You're difficult to eat and they serve you canteens. Sick burn. Sick burn. Um, Joe, a much younger Samoa Joe. With really cool hair. Really cool hair. And a quiff. Was undefeated in TNA at this point, and okay. he was wrestling a lot of kind of like high flying type guys, the kind of guys you we would naturally be dragged towards. Um, so when he was skating off with Scott Steiner, I remember going, "Well, this is going to be come to a screeching halt." Old Scott Steiner's not going to do any of Smojo's cool moves. Scott starts off his ends his promo by saying, "Tonight I kill you," 
It's a bit on the nose. And doesn't he go on at length as well about his hatred of fat people? Yep. Like, he's, geez, he's annoying because but... all these people at home cheering on Small Joe. They got fat oozing all over the body. I hate fat, redneck, white trash, Canadian. This, he doesn't like him. Is he, in in real life, does he hate fat people? Has he really got issues? Well, I've seen him gladly taking the money for autographs and pictures yeah. from many a heavy set gentleman and lady over the years. So I guess not. Yeah, it, it bothers me, the whole... Uh... Fat phobic thing. Yeah, it's it's just your standard heel muscle man. Especially because it's against Smojo, who is awesome. Smojo, positive body image out the wazoo there. Yeah. I like seeing. God, I remember loving seeing Smojo just because he looked different. Yeah. yeah. What I do like at the start of this match is that it starts off with your standard kind of. Oh, Samojo's not going to do his usual kind of high-octane stuff. It's going to be a boring, slow, Scott Steiner thing. Because they're doing loads of, like, tests of strength and squaring off and posing. And then Steiner comes over and just spits right in his face. Yeah. And Joe snaps. And it is fucking on. Yeah. Huge brawl. Love it. So rude. Spitting in his face. And they just go hell for leather. Yeah. To, to the extent that the crowd, who are usually quite a smart crowd in this smallish arena in TNA... I'll start chanting for Scott Steiner. And yeah. start chanting for him, kind of go, go, Steiner, Steiner. And he just tells him to fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> fuck off! No, your mother sucks! Your mother sucks! I like that, the commitment to the healery. Yeah, he's good, he's entertaining. Not too many people would do that. If they're chanting for you, they'd be kind of like, fuck, they might buy a t-shirt. You know, yeah, kind of like. exactly. But now he's like, no, fuck you! <laughs> I hate you and Small Joe! Powerbomb to Samoa Joe. He actually picks up Joe for a powerbomb. Like, it's fucking incredible. So Scott... Because I always felt that I would describe Scott as a, a term I would use for frail whale. Very big, but no power. Ah, uh, yeah. That's... But you get elements here of that power from back in the day. Yeah. Because he was very... The, the ease in which he picked people up when he was with his brother. Mm. And then you see it again here. The ease in which he picks up Samoa Joe. That's why like, the match know. before this is so confusing to me. Because he was amazing before. This match is really good too. Yeah. What happened? Why is that particular match just so crap? I guess Triple H is like, just give me suplexes. I'm not taking anything else. <laughs> I love that your impression of Triple H just sounds like a hippie. That's no, it's just Bob Dylan. Is what <laughs> they brawl outside and it gets really intense. Scott grabs a chair and like lays him up against the ring post and just clashes it into his face. And yeah. Scott, because he kind of couldn't do a lot of his old moves anymore, in TNA he did develop kind of more of a, like, kind of like a bit of a hardcore style. He would do a lot of, you know, stuff with chains and pipes and all that. You know, he always found something to try and keep himself fresh. Um, Joe mounts a comeback back in the ring and eventually gets Scott in his Coquita clutch, which is like a rear naked choke. Scott does escape, manages to get up, and puts Joe in his awful, awful Steiner recliner. Yeah, not a good finisher. Better than the Steiner recliner that he put Triple H in. Well, I quite liked the horsey game. Yeah, but Triple H, literally, he yeah. was meant to be knocked out with a sledgehammer and then he put his arms behind his back for him yeah. like, a, like a pal. <laughs> yeah, I'll do it for you, I guess. But, um, yeah, he's playing horsey on Joe, but then Joe decides he wants to play, you don't know, the thing where you put people on your shoulders in the pool. And he, <laughs> he throws off Steiner, who lands on his feet, eats a running power slam, and Samoa Joe wins. And I remember thinking of this match at the time going, you know what, Scott Steiner's okay by me. Because maybe I was wrong about old man Steiner. Well, I was, because I remember at this point I saw this, and that was the first time I went, you know what, this guy obviously... In the right circumstances, he can go. And he yeah. had a lot of shit matches in TNA. And he was there way too much. But he did funny promos. 
and he was willing to wrestle with anyone. He wasn't kind of a ah oh, no, I don't work with right. I don't work with the I don't work with Petey Williams or I don't work with the small guy brother. You know, he was he worked with anyone. Yeah, and that was cool. Yeah, you know, and Scott, you know. In his own way, um, made himself a, a nice little kind of second career, and he got on a lot better in TNA than he did in WWF. And That's there was good. less stories of him being, you know, a complete dick. And he was on his deathbed at one point as well. He got like a throat infection when he was in Puerto Rico. Oh, I remember very much there was a point where it was kind of like, folks, um, you know, Scott may not be alive oh, come next week. God. And he came back, yeah. and he, you know, he came back with a little um, dingly ding on his a chin, cross on his chin. Yeah, but you know what? He's added his tattoos over the years. He's kept going, and uh, a beard charm. Beard charm. You Do know, you want a beard charm? I could get you one for Christmas. You know what? Uh, a little I, Steiner beard charm. I, I think I'd rather um, crawl into a gutter and die, honey, if you don't <laughs> mind me saying. Sorry, that one against Mojo, Joe winning. Um, it's one of my favourite Steiner matches, if I'm honest. It I was really good. I think my favourite is still against Goldberg, yeah. personally. But that was really good. And it was so cool seeing Samoa Joe, slightly younger, it's awesome to see that he's been great forever. Yeah. I love Samoa Joe. Me too. And that's really fun, yeah. he is fat, though, you know. Well, he is, yeah. yeah it doesn't is. mean it make him any less... In fact, if anything, it makes him more impressive as a wrestler. Do you think that the problem with Scott Steiner is that because of his incredibly overly aggressive tone of voice, mm. that he just... Everything he says comes off as an insult. So he's actually saying... Now he's fat, but that's actually great because you know it's a we need more, pop, we need more you know we need more people with different body shape. But then he goes, he's fat. And you think, oh, obviously you've got an issue with that, you fucking body shape he hating motherfucker. Really, yeah, he might just be supporting body positivity, and we don't. No, I don't think that's it's like an episode of the Twilight Zone. And I can only say things in a highly aggressive, highly educated voice and be talking. Yeah, I'm just saying if he tries to say that shit to like Nia Jax or someone, he's gonna get ripped to shreds. Yeah, you're gonna get suplex, Scott. You are. Lastly, the. Number one, most overwhelming, a lot of matches came in for Scott, you know, because he had such a wide variety, a big career. He's fought, he's wrestled a lot of countries over yeah. the years, you know, um, but this one was the number one one that people Absolutely wanted for. more than any other. Uh, his greatest foe, mm. possibly the ultimate foe. Um, our last thing that we looked at was Scott Steiner versus the English language yeah. as a whole. His only undefeated opponent. Yeah, really, I mean, truly. In, it's one that I think he's kind of like destined to fight until the day he dies yeah. somehow. Firstly, him calling everyone white trash. Yeah. What is white trash? Isn't that really, people are going to hate me for saying this, classist term? I think it is. It's pretty offensive as far as I know. I think white trash, I mean, is it like what Mac and Charlie are in Sunny? Kind of people who stand in a pool of trash, eating um, trash? <laughs> it's normally something that's said, isn't it, to like people who are in the lower like economic brackets, working yeah. class, that kind of thing. But it's an American thing. You yeah. don't get it so much in England, I don't yeah, he, think. he hates white trash and Canadians and Mexicans as well. <laughs> he hates Canadians! Canadians, absolutely. <laughs> Why? Just has this fucking thing Issue. against them. He hates Canada. Why do you hate Canada? He hates it so much. How can anyone hate Canadians? Canadian white trash fucking hates Canadian people. Canadians are just unhateable as far as I'm concerned. Um, one Pashant that Mr. Steiner has that I'm very, very much a fan of is him yelling constantly in matches. Yeah. Mainly him going, ha, 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 uh. ha, ha. I'm the greatest son of a bitch that ever lived. I didn't notice this for ages, even though you kept showing me and going, hear that, see? Ha! Huh? Ha! Huh? Huh? And I just couldn't hear it until we watched a lot of his matches and kind then of. a compilation of him saying, ha! Huh? Huh? 
So I think it must just be that I'm assuming it's just general wrestling noises or maybe the crowd. Yeah, I'm you quite, have to yeah. tune your ear in to pick it up, I'm I guess. I'm not good at hearing that stuff anyway. But Scott, I mean, there was a video on YouTube that was called Scott Steiner is the Greatest Wrestler That Ever Lived and it was a compilation of him going, ha, and a yeah. few of these ones. They've all been put in separate compilations since. Yeah. That one's gone from YouTube, unfortunately. There was a hilarious story with... Um, do you know uh, Chris Hero, the wrestler? Yeah, the hot one. Yeah, the hot one. Um, Chris Hero had this running kind of gag with some wrestlers when he was over in Japan. That him, I think uh, Cesaro may have been in on it as well. But and Cole Cabana, <laughs> all, all these indie wrestlers at the time, where they were obsessed with this video, and because they were wrestling in Japan and no one could understand what they were saying, they wanted to incorporate all of Scott's different mannerisms into the matches. What's the kind of like niche fans of Scott Steiner? Yeah, it's just for themselves. So That's it's like so tonight cool. so like Chris here would do his move and then he'd go, I'm the greatest son of a bitch that ever lived <laughs> Now there was one where um Scott Steiner, when a lady wrestler ran into the ring, this is in WWE on an episode of Raw, and he very oddly looked at her and went and very oddly said and he looked at her and he went, You gonna suck my dick or what? Wait, Scott Steiner said Scott that. Steiner said that. Yeah. Wow. And then Chris Hero, he did the. He was like in the main event against like this like Japanese legend, and they were staring off against each other, the big intense stare. And then Chris Hero goes, "Are you gonna suck my dick?" <laughs> <laughs> of course, there is. Um, everybody know wants to know where I've been. Big Papa Pump, you hook up in the next heavyweight championship on the world. <laughs> My favourite one is when he calls himself an egg. <laughs> I'm doing him an egg. I'm doing him an egg. Get my bags. You're an American. I am. My bags. Get my bags. I'm standing up to your own jetneck ass. I'll give you GPS if I wanted you to. Um, what I do love as well is that when he's not just misspeaking, but constantly misspeaking, mm. like he, he's learned to word wrong. Right. Like Ricky from Trailer Park Boys. When he says to the crowd that they're all standing... Mesmerized. Mesmerized. He's got them all mesmerized. <laughs> now I felt really bad when we first did Scott Steiner. Everyone kept sending in all these promos of him fucking up his speaking. <laughs> yeah, no. And I wondered if maybe he had like a learning disability or something that meant he couldn't enunciate clearly. And I was like, oh, I'm not sure if I'm really comfortable making fun of him for that. And so I asked on Twitter, I was like, so what's his deal? And he is perfectly able to oh, enunciate. Yeah. He's quite prolific. It's when he goes into that wrestler mode and he kind of goes yeah. into that, in that kind of the duh, 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 duh. there's a lot of guys who do that and they're kind of just normal. Well, some people have described it as kind of him speaking faster than he can think yeah. or thinking faster than he can speak. There's know. a disconnect there, definitely. Yeah. I mean, he comes out here looking for the simpy of the people, Joe, but I mean, <laughs> he doesn't get my simpy at all. And some people have theorised that he can speak absolutely fine because he does an interview. He does, yeah. And it's entirely put on. Oh, yeah. Well, no, I don't think he intentionally misspeaks. Yeah? Because I know for a fact that he is, like, you know, he, the, the reputation WCW and the things that happened in WCW and the fights and the fucking backstage stuff was because he took himself so fucking seriously. Yeah. And no one who takes himself that seriously will say something like, You don't know me and you don't know what I'm capable of. That is someone misspeaking. Because I misspeak. Unless he's Tim Heidecker and is the master of misspeaking. <laughs> I misspeak a lot. I, I fall over my words all the time. Not that bad. You though, won't I mean. hear it in this podcast because I am I edit it out. But <laughs> Edit that bit out. Edit that bit out where I, where I said it all wrong. But yeah, so I I feel bad for him, but also... If Scott Steiner had a podcast, honey, he, would, he wouldn't be able to edit it out. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> Um, there was the other famous one as well, which is his promo on uh, Dudley Boys from our last episode. 
Come out here. Asses. With your fat asses. Try to stand up to me, but you can't, because you're, you're in this town. It's a tough town. You're going to pick splinters out of your fat asses. He's obsessed. Yeah. With fat people. He's he's absolutely obsessed. And this other one, at the end of the promo, the one with the, uh, I'm, I'm doing him an egg. He ended, <laughs> he ended that by just turning on, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm doing him an egg. I'm hungry. <laughs> now, we've spent a lot of time picking apart old Scott Steiner, and some people think that, oh, it's just in the delivery. That's the only reason why Scott Steiner's promos have any sort of relevance or, or memorability or humor. But I yeah. think that they are straight up, word for word, it's just well-written English that is intimidating. And think? Well, I, I would like you, honey, if you could read out the most famous Scott Steiner promo okay. of all time, and I think if it's delivered in a lovely posh British accent, right. that it will still have all the resonance. Do you think? I think so. You think I can pull off a Steiner promo? I think well, Steiner promo in you're talking about something you know, a very soft uh, thing like your 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 posh English accent, yeah, and you're putting in something really intense. Like Scott Steiner. If you mix the two together, you're going to get somewhere half in between. So I'm expecting Tim Curry really is kind of right. <laughs> I'm coming from, but that's just somewhere where my barometer is at the moment. Okay. It could be different, but by all means, Joe, give it a give you it a shot. What Steiner math? Steiner math. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll even put on the voice that I used to call my parents, which is the slightly posher one. Oh, very good. Okay, here we go. Let me take a sip of energy drink. Give me the energy needed for this. <laughs> Much needed. You know, they say all men are created equal. But you look at me and you look at Samoa Joe and you can see that statement is not true. See, normally if you go one-on-one with another wrestler, you got a 50-50 chance of winning. But I'm a genetic freak and I'm not normal, so you've got a 25 at best of beating me. And then you add Kurt Angle to the mix. Your chances of winning drastically go down. See, the three-way at Sacrifice, you've got a 33 and one-third chance of winning. But I, I've got a 66 and two-thirds chance of winning because Kurt Angle knows he can't beat me and he's not even going to try so Samoa Joe you take your 33 and one third chance minus my 25% chance and you've got an eight and one third chance of winning at sacrifice but then you take my 75% chance at winning if we was to go one-on-one and to add 66 and two-thirds percent I've got a 141 two-thirds chance of winning at Sacrifice. See, Muk Joe, the numbers don't lie, and they spell disaster for you at Sacrifice. See, I'm going to break it down for all you ladies. Would you rather be with me, or would you rather be with Joe? I'll be honest, I mean, I'd rather be with you, but yeah. Joe is your name as well. That's so, true. I mean, either you could one. be with either. You know, I mean, see, there you go. Anyone's going to accuse Scott Steiner of just being like silly voice. I mean, that's that's intimidating right there. And there was a little bit of a vibe of Louis Theroux in WCW practicing his promo, like, you know, <laughs> I've been practicing all my moves. <laughs> but um, yeah, um, very impressive there. Um, Scott Steiner wrestling the English language. Steiner Mania 1 and 2 is what me and Joe watched uh, from Matthew Botchamania. It was really good. Um, if you're getting into wrestling and you're looking for something fun, lighthearted to watch to get your mind off of maybe the, the, the slog of the week to week, mm. Botchamania is always great. Steiner Mania is must view material. It's a fantastic little silly summary of exactly how weird Scott Steiner is. And another weird thing which we were sent in, surprisingly en masse, but I'm very happy we were, which was Scott Steiner's Freak Show DVD. Oh, God, yeah. And I like as well that he uploaded this himself on his Big Bad Booty Daddy YouTube channel. And the name of the thing on YouTube is Scott Steiner's Freak Show DVD promo.mov. Oh, .mov. 
I can upload it directly from Adobe. I don't know how to edit the title. Someone I ain't got iMovie on my new Mac. <laughs> how do you change the name on YouTube? <laughs> it's really, um, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I've been trying to get you to do some DDP yoga with me. But I'm wondering if that was a silly idea. Because DDP yoga involves, you know, positivity. A lot of stretching. Maybe a yoga mat. You know, maybe a yoga mat. Or, failing that, uh, a large tea towel, Mm. you know. Um, But I was wondering if we could just get some lumber and scantily clad women and I could just pick it up. I don't understand, yeah, because this this is supposed to be the type of thing you can do from home. Yeah. Well, who has logs and women that they can just lift? Scott Steiner has. No, but does he really think that we have logs and women and chains we can just lift? Well, I mean, I've not got logs. I can get logs. There is a place on the drive home from work that's selling them at the moment. You could lift me, I guess. I have a woman. You know, you are are a woman. But I don't know if you only use one woman to lift your biceps. (laughs) The ceiling's too low and I'm too tall. So we did that thing where I put you on my shoulders. You'd be eating a light bulb, honey, I'm afraid, you know. And I'm worried if you only used one arm, you'd get lopsided. And he does this thing as well. He goes, I'm not saying it's right. I'm saying it's what I do. So he just sits at home and works out with these women on his shoulders. Seriously, like. if you're not lifting up a log, you're not trying. Yeah. You know? I noticed during one of the Steinomania promo things, mm-hmm. videos, um, the crowd started chanting steroids. Yes, yeah, steroids. And then Bobby the Brain Heenan on Coventry went, I've never heard a crowd so pumped up. Awkward. Awkward. So is that, did he... Do lots of steroids then? Um, he, I think he's definitely admitted to steroid use in the past. Right. Um, he's not been in a company that's had a very rigorous testing policy, let's just say. Right. Okay. There's no doubt in my mind that he's had... I mean, he's admitted to use, so, you know. Because that's the thing. Someone... In fact, I think a couple of people just sent in tweets saying that apparently Scott Steiner was asked to do a drug test mm-hmm. and he said I refuse to do it unless Triple H, H does, does it, it. Yeah, and apparently that. Triple H said no so yeah. he never had to do it now is that just a bullshit I rumor, mean, that, that, or? that's a Scott Steiner he said that he said that he said that and what kind of things does he I mean is he a bullshit liar like Hulk Hogan or not really but when it comes to stuff like that it's kind of like it's it's almost deflection he's kind of basically admitting to using steroids yeah there. well you it know? seems pretty obvious that he does use yeah. steroids. But I mean, you know, hmm. whether or not Triple H has, Triple H will always say that he's never done anything, and Triple H is pretty straight edge. So he I mean, looks far too good for his age, I think, to have done. Yeah, but he, I mean, who knows? Yeah, let's just who knows, say. I guess. So, moving on then to, to the goof section, I guess, mm-hmm. of this podcast. I try and do my bit of research about whoever we're covering and find out little silly tidbits about them. Yeah. And I am absolutely shocked that not a single person told me about this and I had to find it out for myself. Scott Steiner is fucking weird on Twitter. Okay? You let you let her down, how to universe. How dare you not tell me this? And also, not only is he weird on Twitter, which I will go into more detail in a second, but he has his own website. Mm-hmm. Now that isn't in and of itself that shocking. I'm it's, sure it's, lots it's a of have big bang, Is it bigbangbadbootydaddy.com? Close. It's www.bootydaddy.com. <laughs> Bootydaddy! Bootydaddy.com. Now, that sounds like a website, like a hookup service or something like that. I, I think of this along the same lines of John Cena's Instagram, okay? If yeah. you haven't seen bootydaddy.com, swear it's not a porn site... It's weird as fuck, though. Don't it's try to look at it at work. Like, you know, it's, not a... 
it's so strange. It's like a web 2.0. And for, for people who aren't familiar with what that means, that basically means it's like GIFs, really shit artwork. There's a naked baby down there I'm flying gonna, toasters. Yeah, exactly. It's got autoplay music. It's so, so tacky and just... It's clearly ran by like maybe him and one. I bet he paid like twenty grand for someone to design oh, it for. Oh no, so. say that. And it's got links to all his like workout DVD and stuff, and it's got a link to his Twitter. So clearly, it's not actually that old. Mm. It, but it's just it looks like shit. You've got to go check it out. It's he's he's just grabbed the wrong end of the virtual stick there. I think. Yeah, with how to it's do just it. awful. So his Twitter then, because he's his obviously, Twitter. you know, he left TNA because of. Because they brought in Hogan and, and Bischoff and stuff, and he got right. big problems there, and he ended up leaving and trying to sue them and all this stuff. So there's real bad blood between him and Hogan now, because they tried to sue each other, um, and that was bad. They tried to sue each other? Yeah, he tried to sue them for getting them fired from TNA and oh my all that God. kind of shit. So, yeah, they're not fans of each other at all. I So I discovered his Twitter, because I always try and check up each wrestler's Twitter presence yeah. and things, because you never know what's... After John Cena, basically. Yeah, you've got to check out their social you media. You never know. Yeah, yeah. So most of his Twitter, like, I'd say 10% of it, if not 20%, is him promoting, like, small wrestling shows he's in yeah. at the moment. And, like, 80 to 90% is him dissing Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Now, there's a couple of really good ones, but... Oh, we can all make fun of a man once he's been outed as a racist. <laughs> yeah, it's easy picking. Easy picking. But literally, like, 80-90% of it is just him talking about how much he hates Hulk Hogan. So I'm just on it just to see what he's posted sort of really recently. Here we have him, hashtag you, mm-hmm. reap what you sow, and just like your wife Hogan, hashtag space, karma is a bitch. Right? Uh, and then he says, can you imagine Mike Tyson or Muhammad Ali being so scared of someone that they would lie and have their wife lie to the police? That's because Hogan is a fraud and a pussy and should be banned from ever calling himself a world champion again. It's pretty amazing. He uh, said on August 31st, that audio tape exposed Hulk Hogan as the fraud far greater than any words I could say. And, Clearly. <laughs> and I was done talking about the hashtag hypocrite Hogan. Hypocrite Hogan. Get that trending. He's a Hulkacris. <laughs> it's honestly like we've been watching a lot of on cinema recently and yeah. there's a big feud between the two main characters mm, on it. It's quite like that, it's yeah. It's so similar to that. Except the... <laughs> You know what it is? It's basically Scott Steiner's got no one he can bully to give him a live microphone and let him talk shit on national TV anymore. <laughs> so he's got Twitter, which is just as good, you know? He says, now does everyone believe me that Hogan is a piece of shit? We'll comment more later, dot, 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 traveling, hashtag karma. With that, he linked to a picture that is the definition of karma. <laughs> You know, now I, do you believe me? You know, because of that, the he kind of got a a bit of a raw deal with the leaving of TNA. I do believe, and yeah. I think between that and the fact that he's always maintained that Hogan's a piece of shit, um, you know, he has got quite a he's got a fandom at the moment. Has Steiner? Oh yeah, you he's know? quite admirable. In and a weird way. he did some shows for some indies around here uh, at the end of last year and the start of this year, and he did big fucking business. People want he's very much relevant again. And seeing as that was someone who in two thousand and three, people were like kind of, uh, he's a bit out of it now, isn't he? And I mean, Steiner's in his fifties, and people are probably want to see him more now than ever. It's kind of a bit of a shame because I, I would like to see Scott Steiner 
be at the Hall of Fame or something like that. Do you think you'd ever get in? Well, all I know is that as of last Hall of Fame, there was a sign in the lobby for the Hall of Fame saying, do not let this man in. And it was a picture of Scott Steiner because of the heat with Hogan. Hogan was like, don't let him in. He'll cause a scene. But now that Hogan, I mean, the enemy of my racist, uh, (laughs) my racist, damned, exposed former superstar is possibly my friend. Uh, Who knows? But I would like to see him. Um, A lot of people had a lot of thoughts and opinions on the man himself, Scott Steiner. So let's take it to the tweets for now. Rick and Scott Steiner, let me welcome you back. OT3D, you guys are out of your mind. Coming to Atlanta, Georgia, the place that the Steiner brothers got their start in professional wrestling. You guys are out of your mind making it a table match because tonight we're going to beat you at your own game. And after it's all said and done, you're going to be taking sprinters out of your fat asses all night long because you got some fat asses. The only chance you have, you have no chance, but you had a chance, is you can run Nicky Split. Because you can't run because you got some fat asses. And after it's sun done, we're going to have a tailgate party for all my freaks out there in Atlanta, Georgia. You wanted some, you got some. This is the big time, boys. You come down that aisle. The Steiner Brothers has got something for you. Ooh, 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 ooh. It's a dog pile. So, Count Crory. William Allen said, A man who grew more entertaining as his in-ring skill deteriorated. Joe may love or hate his promos, but she'll get no simpy. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan the Stormout sent in this. I don't know a lot about solo Scott Steiner, except that he looks like the guy from Everclear got so big he couldn't po- <laughs> he couldn't believably move his arms. And he once debated Chris Nowinski about the war in Iraq during an episode of Raw in what has become one of my favourite segments on any wrestling show ever. What I do know is that the Steiner brothers were the sloppiest, scariest, most supremely talented tag team in wrestling history. Mm-hmm. Every move they did was brutal and mean. They were just two amazing, violent specimens who killed everyone. It was like if Brock Lesnar was two people who wore Ryback singlets and wrestled some of the greatest tag matches ever, while never seeming to care actually all that much about wrestling. The only team that compares is the Road Warriors and those guys dressed as Rob Liefeld characters in the 1980s and came out to Black Sabbath and never sold anything. Watching a Steiner Brothers match is a uniquely terrifying experience where it genuinely seems like anybody could die at any moment. But nobody did, except almost Sid Vicious during the Clash of Champions. Sid Vicious, is that the guy from... The Sex Pistols. Uh, same name. Psycho Sid, Sid Vicious, Sid Justice, Sid. Sid was spelled with a Y. He had many names over the ah, years. Ah, okay. And so they can be viewed as these bizarre, amazing, singular things. Also, real quick, the Steiner Screwdriver is the most horrifying wrestling oh, move of yeah. all time. That's the um, suplex into a pile driver. We saw so that in a scary. clip from Japan. Oh, very scary. The fact that nobody died from it is more or less a testament to people's ability to say, there's no way in hell you're doing that to me. <laughs> FinMac93 said, Scott Steiner and Jerry Lawler feuded over the Superman S logo in 2014. How about that? Jerry Lawler likes Superman, and Scott Steiner had the logo on his tights, so Jerry threw a fireball at him. Well, anything can happen in the world of indie wrestling, honey. I guess. (laughs) Undeadpool said, one of the most terrifying changes in all of wrestling from 1993 to 2003, he's a bulbous nightmare. A bulbous nightmare is probably the best way to sum up Scott Steiner. So accurate. Moldy Pot said, one of the great innovators of high-flying offence in his day. Now he's mm. a botch-prone steroid guy in chainmail. Mark Henley said, how can you, Kevin Mahan, ever explain to Joe the existence of Little Petey Pump? Little Petey Pump, real quick, Scott Steiner in TNA had, um, he took one of the high-flying wrestlers, who was called Petey Williams, under his wing, 
and he made him into a little P.E. Pump, which was just like a smaller version of Scott. He had the chain mail, he had the glasses, he had the white hair and the little white right. goatee thing. And he's he's the guy who stood there looking like Scott Steiner during the maths promo. Yeah, remember. I remember him. Yeah, that's little PD standing pump. there awkwardly. And there's nothing more awkward than a man like Scott Steiner insisting that you dress and talk exactly like him. But that's just how it's going to be. That's I guess. <laughs> and we had a couple ones over here on Facebook.com forward slash How to Wrestling. Jeffrey Riley writing: I don't think I've ever seen a performer who seems so genuinely unlikable in the history of pro wrestling. His in-ring work was just being stiff and unnecessarily dangerous in a way that's unbelievably boring. He became a botch factory when he made himself all puffy from what was clearly steroid usage. So watching his matches was an exercise in wondering if I was going to see someone get paralysed. His consistent gimmick of looking like a Rob Liefeld drawing, his method of cutting promos is to shriek a mix of high-pitched misogyny and general nonsense that makes me cringe. He has criminally assaulted a number of people in real life. What? Well, you know, all the people who he's he's beat up in real, you know, in, in, in wrestling, you know, he's he's been like stiff with them. assaulted? Yeah. You know, well, you, you're hell. hitting someone for real. That's what it is. I guess. Every single person who's ever conducted a shoot interview and spoke about him says he's a dangerous, mean-spirited person. Aww. When he started getting a big push in WCW, it was the final straw that got me to stop watching both WCW and WWF and stick with watching Raw. So there wow. you go. Very interesting. Got one here from Chris Stride, which is accurately saying, Asses. Gordon Wingate writes Steiner's what Mark Ruffalo should turn into when he's angry. <laughs> <laughs> Noah Leatherfield writes Scott Steiner speaks like someone who's left caps lock on. <laughs> Scott Steiner is Lesnar before Lesnar and with a personality, writes Sean McLaughlin. Very interesting one there, I must say. Mm. And then Jamie Albright writes Scott Steiner is one of those wrestlers that people were legitimately afraid of. There are stories from WCW about people attempting to reprimand him for his actions, but being too scared to really punish him. And lastly, Nick Silverstein writes, he scared me out of my mind by using the bathroom at an indie show in New York just by looking at me. Jesus. I can't imagine, I won't be able to go. No. Urine would not flow. Joe, Fucking a lot hell. a lot of people, and more people with this one than any other one have written in saying, how in God's name are you going to explain this one, Kevin? Yeah. I hope that you have gained something of an appreciation for Scott Steiner. I feel like I understand wrestling a lot better as a whole because of understanding Scott Steiner. Scott Steiner is wrestling's past in in many ways personified. Um, But in terms of your enjoyment of him, are you up for what... Do you want to watch more Steiner stuff? What kind of Steiner stuff was fun for you? I would be up for watching more older Steiner stuff. I mean, as in... With his brothers. With his brother. Yeah. Because that was really awesome. Mm. Or if you say that there are other matches where he's a... He is a bit older himself, more recent matches, mm. which are really good. I would give him a try. How about Steiner promos on YouTube? I I wouldn't watch them for fun, I don't think, because, I don't know, they're just so confusing. I don't really know what to think. Yeah. I, if there's any time a new one comes out, would it, I mean, there's a two hours of Scott Steiner promo fuck-ups video on, on oh, YouTube. Oh, jeez. I just kind of feel I don't quite hate myself enough to watch loads of them. It's really cringy. Yeah, it was very cringy. It's kind of like, we're watching the Peep Show at the moment. I can only really handle that. Any more, I might die of embarrassment. That's true. Secondhand embarrassment. But final thoughts on Scott Steiner, though? I think he's very entertaining. Was a very talented wrestler. Possibly still is now. I'd have to see more recent stuff, I think, to really form an opinion. Interesting how he just seems to have his personality evolved as his actual, someone's put it best, you know, his in-ring wrestling skills deteriorated. Yeah. And they never were in sync, really, were they? The, no. the personality and the it in-ring. It would be great if he had all this amazing personality and the previous in-ring 
skill. So I'm just thinking now that picture of Scott Steiner in DeLorean going back. You know, oh. Freakzilla as he is now going back to Mullet Scott Steiner. You gotta start talking nonsense! <laughs> you gotta start talking about numbers! They don't lie! He starts adding up all these percentages on a piece of paper. Look! In his oh. almanac. Look in the almanac, it says I got a 223 two turn chance of winning. <laughs> <laughs> also, I am. Um, we mentioned earlier on in this episode about Rick and Scott doing something along the lines with a pencil. Oh, yeah, that was the story that they, they pull some guy down. I've heard that one. I can't confirm or deny it, but I've heard it. And I'll be honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if it was true. The story of them hazing some lad and sticking a pencil up his arse. Why? I'm pr- I just because wrestlers hazing. Right. You know. I did try and Google it. I searched for Steiner Pencil Ass on Google. And now Joe's on a list. It came up with no matches. Really? So I don't mm. know if it's true. I think it was in some wrestler's autobiography. But I'd be again, interested to know a source. It's always a he said, she said in these yeah. cases. But honestly, the Steiners had that bully reputation. I wouldn't be you know? that surprised if it turned out to be true, seeing yeah. as he does sound like a mean, aggressive person. He's certainly a very mean, very aggressive, but endlessly in- interesting and always entertaining. Yeah. Either on purpose or otherwise I mean Royal Rumble 2003 is still a fucking spectacle to see even though it isn't a fucking train wreck of a match is there any chance at all that he'll come back to WWE (sighs) can't say the stuff he said particularly about Triple H that's Triple H's call I'm guessing I guess because they're they hate each other well you know what the the people who they've brought back and the things that people have said as long as the price is right and there's a demand for it, it'll always happen, you know. It's so, interesting. There's never many say never. left now that they could bring back. True. So. Is Scott a big enough deal that they would, you know, do that? Who knows? Well, he's quite popular on the internet at the moment, yeah, so. True. Well, that's going to do it for Scott Steiner. A very, very interesting one indeed. And thank you so much, everyone, for the promos, the matches, the stories, the goofs, the gaffes, and the diversity of opinions using the hashtag HowToSteiner on Twitter and on Facebook. Thank you so much, everyone, for that. Next one is going to be one that will probably raise the ire of uh, of Scott Steiner greatly. And they say all men are created equal, but obviously Steiner would disagree that our next episode is going to be How to Samoa Joe. Hell yes. Very excited, current NXT superstar, but obviously Joe is familiar with that. What Joe doesn't know is the whole background and rich tapestry of Samoa Joe and his run in Ring of Honor, TNA, the Indies and beyond. I want to see some great stuff sent in, folks, for Joe to watch. It's going to be a really, really big one. So use the hashtag, as always... How to Samoa Joe. Make sure it's how to Samoa Joe and not how to Smoe Joe because we won't find those ones. You can hit us up on Twitter at how to wrestling or on facebook.com forward slash how to wrestling. And as all, we thank you everyone for taking part in this and sending in contributions. It really helps the show out massively. And you can find us on SoundCloud, of course, for all our episodes and iTunes. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating or a review. We love it. We appreciate it so much when you do that. Yes. We also now, we include the episode match lists as well as on Facebook. We also try and edit them into the SoundCloud description so you can find them there. Yes. Because we know that's something that's quite useful Oh, definitely. Folks. People who are trying to show this to, to, to new fans. And it's obviously nice as well we're hearing a lot of people who are using How To Wrestling yeah. to actually get people actually into wrestling. Mm-hmm. We were sent a clip of someone showing their girlfriend the Hell in the Cell match. And it's just great to see people at least trying and not yeah. being afraid now. I hope if one thing how dressing has made people think it's not the scariest thing in the world, 
for you and your girlfriend or no. you and your boyfriend to watch uh, a man in his pants wrestle another man in his pants. It can be or a beautiful a thing to bond over. Most definitely. So yeah, leave a rating or review, subscribe to us on there. And thank you so much to the many of you who have already done that and already left us wonderful reviews for us to read and get all soppy and happy over. Definitely. And if you want to support How To Wrestling, you can do so over at patreon.com forward slash How To Wrestling. Become our patron and enjoy the many rewards of being a hardcore member of the How to universe if you pledge one dollar for this show or more you get access to all of joe's show notes and research that goes into making each episode of how to wrestling five dollar backers get access to our exclusive patrons only bonus pay-per-view reviews we review all the pay-per-views from the wwe network they appear there We've just done Hell in the Cell 2015, yep. but you can go back now if you donate $5, you go back and you've got hours and hours of content because you can listen to our Night of Champions review or SummerSlam review and every month it's just going to get bigger. So yeah. if you're a $5 backer, there's a lot of content there for you. $10 backers get you joined for our monthly live stream. Hang out with us as we play WWE 2K16, which we've just got. Yeah. If you want to see me and Joe rule the roost on 2K16 and see how we're getting on in our NXT universe mode, please make sure you join up the end of the month. We'll be doing our live stream and want to hear people have our thoughts. Should I betray my friend Adrian Neville, who's just become my tag team partner? Help me know. Maybe I, as Adrian Neville, will betray you. Who knows? I'm just saying I'm getting quite good at that game. Never trust a Geordie, that's what I'm saying. That's rude. If you are someone as well who is a very, very much wants to steer the ship like Mr. Neil Bainbridge has done with this episode and our next episode. And thank you very much for your continuing patronage, sir. $50 backers can choose a topic for me to teach Joe to. So if you're a $50 backer and there's something which you really want Joe to find out about, we've got a long list of episodes coming up. Really awesome topics, diverse topics. I kind of like the fact that people are helping out like this because it's giving us... Uh, Maybe not just hitting up all the, 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 the wrestlers we would have thought of immediately. I wouldn't have maybe thought to do Samoa Joe straight away. No, it's but easy now... to automatically think of, you know, The Rock, Vince McMahon, things like that. But like, it'd be giving away too much too soon. As it is, it's great. We get to look at all these other wrestlers who we love. And we get to pace ourselves yeah, as well. Because we don't I... want to just do all the big ones and then run out and have nothing to do next exactly. year. Exactly. So and now it we're pacing them. Wrestlers as well who I've never heard of yeah. are getting, like, introduced quite early on which is great so I'm discovering people like Scott Steiner and it's fantastic and there's some really great stuff coming up there folks but again if you want to support us help us out $50 backers you can pick an episode and Mr. Neil Bainbridge I'm pretty sure Joanna is her life is better now that she knows yes. about Scott Steiner and I'm very excited for Samoa Joe too. it's going to get even better as a result yeah. of that one everyone who donates on Patreon thank you so much you have this podcast out so much we have got a lot of exciting things in the works in terms of attending live wrestling mm-hmm. we are heading to NXT for our first ever live show very soon in Sheffield so if you are there of course do come and say hello come get a firm handshake a hug or just a high five or Or a a stern nodding from uh, you know we can do that whatevs but yeah massively excited about what's to come things like t-shirts and stuff like that are possibly (gasps) in the mix but yes if you do want to support it is patreon.com forward slash how to wrestling well that's going to do it for this episode this genetically freakish episode <laughs> of how to wrestling it's been so much fun talking about scott steiner it's been great um it's going to be a goodbye from me kevin and a goodbye from me joe and we'll see you next time when it's how to samoa joe see ya
passes. 